Uh, hey everyone, uh, welcome to King Me, uh, the official Stephen King movie podcast. Rob should be here any second, um, it, it, and it'll just be a normal episode because nothing bad happened to him uh, yesterday. So uh, any any moment. Uh, hi, and <laughs> there he is. Hi, Dan. Uh, hi, Rob. Uh, how you feeling, bud? I feel fine. Good, good. Uh, you got a little uh, uh, schmutz, uh, uh, blood all over you. Am I still covered in the blood? All right. I think so. <laughs> I think so. We're on video, so if you could just just touch it up. Um, just touch it up. I will. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, because it, it's just kind of smearing around. There's so much of it. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'll clean it up, but I can't guarantee that it won't keep bleeding. So. Okay. That's hey. That's uh, the the audience loves authenticity, and that's what we'll give them. All right. Good. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we got ten reviews coming in after this that says, uh, "I loved how Rob uh, hemorrhaged blood." <laughs> well, good. Uh, yeah. I, anything for the listeners. Uh, now, anything. Dan, I, I have to ask. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I cut my, I cut my face open pretty good. I fell down, uh-huh. and I, and then, I, I mean, I wasn't, you know, it hurt and it was, it's bleeding. There's blood all yeah. over me, obviously. But yeah, why, why did you? I wasn't dead. Why are you trying to bury me? <laughs> oh, you weren't dead. I was not dead. I am still not dead. <laughs> oh. Well, a boy can dream. This week on King Me, death is different here. This is Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. King, King me. me for the last time. That's right. For I'm not going to say it again. King me. King me. Welcome to King me, the official Stephen King movie podcast for the time being, for the next two hours. <laughs> That's right. Give or take. Uh, uh, the official th- podcast of every damn Stephen King adaptation ever. Da 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 da. All right. <laughs> Celebrate good times. Sure. <laughs> we did it. Dan, we you did it. You and me. Uh, you and me, no help from anybody except our guests. Right. Uh, uh, they helped not- us uh, g- become stronger by carrying their dead weight. Yes. Um, of course. This is now, we're recording this in 2024, and we started this in 2015. Okay, it took nine years. With nine a, years. With some breaks. Some breaks. There were long breaks in there. Um, lots happened in the last nine years, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I'd say so. I'd say so. Things are slightly different. Um Yeah. Podcasting is now the domain of Jason Bateman. Couldn't have guessed that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jason Bateman um, 
he is the king of podcasts now, I guess. Well, uh, Conan's the king. He invented it. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Jason Bateman might be like the Archduke. Yeah. <laughs> Sir Duke. Uh, <laughs> Jason Bateman. Um, There's Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Sir Duke. Jason Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> Men and Sean Hayes. <laughs> Don't forget Will Arnett. <laughs> oh man. Dan, this is weird. Yeah. It's it's hard to get started, right? It's not like I don't want to plow right through this and move on with my life. <laughs> And and let's be clear, when I say move on with my life, I mean do exactly the same thing about a slightly different guy for a while, because after yeah, this, right. we'll be talking but, about the Flan Man. We are going to, we're doing a Flan series, uh, uh, the, the Flantastic Mr. Flan again. That's um, pretty good. <laughs> uh, fucking nine, so nine years ago, Dan. We were we were just boys. Mm-hmm. You were you were just a boy. I was a full grown man. I yeah. I you <laughs> I you were a grown man. I was your ward. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um. So, uh, in in sort of preparation for this episode, I went back to where it all started. Dan, I rewatched Carrie the mm. other day, mm-hmm. and that movie is good it's very good it's a masterpiece you might say brian de palma made it yeah um i i uh i i couldn't go back and listen to our uh episode of course no one uh, can actually. no one can. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no one can do that um but uh but i'm sure we we were we were taking pot shots at it i'm sure and yeah I, did we talk about this on mic or just among ourselves? How like we seem to think we were like, um, we we're just gonna stick it to like that was sort of a like, what that the was, fuck? The yeah. shining, <laughs> like, they're okay, Kubrick, <laughs> lot, yeah, lots of uh, manufactured, just like, what the fuck were they thinking, dude? I don't know if it's entirely like that. I think, uh, I, I think there's probably a fair amount of it that you know is maybe warranted that we probably we probably just ate a bigger meal out of it than it really mm. was. Mm. But um man that <laughs> good that, thing we put that behind us. Yeah, good thing we uh don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, I man, that Carrie is I, I called it on Letterbox a silly masterpiece because it is one hundred percent a masterpiece, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not going to see it on any AFI top 100 lists. No sight and sound. No, no. Not, none of that. But I'll tell you, every bit of that movie works really well. Even the parts that are like, remember, remember in Carrie when the, the guys are getting their tuxedos and there's like the, the weird like ramped up speed and there's a guy. It seems like the three of them are just sort of improvising, improvising in front of the yeah. mirror. Yep. Even that works. <laughs> And I get—I mean, it's just so fucking good. There's a shot in that movie, and we're, we'll talk about Pet Cemetery Bloodlines in a minute. Mm-hmm. We'll, in fact, talk about Carrie in a week. That's right. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's a shot that it's 
a oneer, and it it covers the entire damn uh, prom, and it go like goes through every like table, and then up over the stage to the blood, and it, it's just like it's an incredible shot that. I don't know if we talked about it. Like I said, I couldn't go back and listen to it. But I doubt it. I yeah. sincerely doubt we nah. talked about it. We were probably too much like, duh, duh. she said uh, dirty uh, pillows. Just I mean, sweating, <laughs> yeah. sweating, yeah. We were yeah. we were, we had our head in the snells at that point. <laughs> yeah, we were true. very preoccupied <laughs> with Sue Snell. Yeah. As a name, not even a person. Yeah, Snoozle. Um <laughs> Oh, that's taking me back. And how appropriate, and how appropriate that our final <laughs> film. Oh, man. Is. Just glick, uh, slip it into Glick. It's a, yeah, it's an early Glick. Um, <laughs> we traded Javier Bardem for Jiminy Glick. Yeah. Him, himini Glick. That feels like growth. Actually, it's funny that we were like, let's come up with our own funny character. And now we're like, let's just do it. <laughs> let's do a sure let's, thing. Let's just steal one from one of the uh, funniest <laughs> comedians of all time. Well, I was going to say, how appropriate that Blood, ce- blood Cemetery pet Pet Shop Boys, My Bloody Valentine. Our yeah, movie this week. Uh, Bloodshot starring Vin Diesel. Uh, <laughs> Bloodshots part two is all about, um, you know, bad stuff happening for an extended period of time, much like this podcast. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just perpetuating on down through the ages. Yes. And, and it's, uh, isn't it so enriching? It, it's, it, it just builds on the blood, the, Pet Cemetery Universe. For example, we learned that Judd's full name is <laughs> Judson. <it> Judson. <laughs> which is so Judd yeah. is short for Judson, and I guess Judson is short for Judd Nelson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or George Judson. Uh yeah, who I mean, I get so this is a prequel to the 2019 version. Uh of Pet Cemetery, not the 1989 version that we uh, like, and certainly not Pet Cemetery Two, which we love. Um, One of when we rank every movie we've watched at the end of this episode, yeah, uh, that's going to be pretty high up on my list. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So this is. I mean, I was going to say, it's not a good movie. No, no. But it's inoffensive, isn't it? It is inoffensive. It's wholly inoffensive. I think there. I think it has parts that are like, okay, not bad. You know, there's a real vision for making people look spooky from a distance. Did you notice that? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that like introductory shot of uh, Timmy... Where he's yeah. looking through the screen. I think that looks great. Sure. I think that's spooky as hell. I think there's a shot of him looking like impossibly gaunt. That looks mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was like a profile shot. like Yeah. A, yeah, yeah. That was great. And then again, when it's like his ghostly white face looking down at them through the from the end of the tunnel. 
Yeah. I was like, that's good. That's Skinamarink, babe. <laughs> babe, have that's you, pure. Babe, that's pure Skinamarink, babe. <laughs> have you seen Skinamarink? I have not, but I have seen that ending. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen the ending. Oh, it's just like a spooky face, babe. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Too fucking scary, man. Good thing we have all the lights on, right? Uh, <laughs> um, I have not seen Skin and That would be probably impossible to do an episode about because nothing really happens, right? Like, yeah, that'd be ex- like doing a extended- podcast about Seinfeld. <laughs> scary Seinfeld. <laughs> Spooky Seinfeld. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Skin and Spooky Seinfeld. <laughs> nothing really happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh so okay let's fucking let's let's get into this bloodlines let's do We're, it let's do it let me set the scene here please i all right dear listener i want you to just clear your mind and i'm going to conjure an image for you picture a judd crandall mm. now younger younger still now hotter so fucking hot Way <laughs> way hotter i want you to picture the hottest judd crandall because that that is the thing because he is the hottest judd crandall not the hottest guy he's not like a who's who's like a hot like glenn powell is like a hot guy right now you know who's glenn powell he's in uh the top gun uh the new top gun movie um oh i've never seen this guy in my life anyone but you that one okay yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a... Jacob Elordi. Ah, Jacob Elordi. Yeah. Jacob Elordi. Imagine Look who's Judd Crandall 40. just just stroking off in a bathtub. <laughs> right? And you, you want to get in there and slurp up that bath water, baby. Um, it is, uh, this Judd Crandall is just way too hot for me. He's so fucking hot. He's like, he's insanely jacked too which that's, is like that's the thing he's got like a perfect hairless adonis body <laughs> and meanwhile he is judd crand is he's his name is his judson name is judson crandall judson crandall which the actor who plays him is named jackson white which yeah so <laughs> i did they did he not remember his character name they had to make it more similar his uh jackson white uh son of Katie Seagal or Siegel, however, really, yeah, Uh, a little nepotiz, a nepo baby. Well, I mean, it, I like when it's proportionate to how famous the parent is, (laughs) sure, (laughs) yeah. See, all right, well, my hat's off to Katie Seagal for um birthing the most perfectly sculpted abs I've ever seen, yeah, when uh. When the character of Judd Crandall is first, like first on the screen, I, I literally, like I was watching and I'm like, all right, well, this obviously isn't him. Like I saw the trailer and I was like, (laughs) and I was like, oh, well, this guy's like too hot. Like, you know, move out of the way, man. Let me see Judd Crandall. (laughs) Which he is, he is literally, and it brings me no joy to say this. Yeah. He is too hot to Crandall. <laughs> he is too hot to Crandall. He's too damn hot to Crandall. Ugh. All right. All right. All right. Let, let's Dude. get into some of the uh, the cast, the, the the crew here. 
written and directed by Lindsay Anderson Beer. (laughs) All right, sick. (laughs) First off, that's fucking rad. Um, I get the feeling she's not like other girls (laughs) based on her sick name. Uh, Kidding. Okay. What do we know her from? Nothing. Nothing at all. She uh, nothing at all. This is her directorial debut. Yes. She has Uh, three produced writing credits, including a Netflix original series called Sierra Burgess is a Loser. You watch that one. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that one. (laughs) It stars Noah Centineo. Uh, Noah. Oh, that's also that girl. Uh, Shannon Purser, who uh, she was on Stranger Things. She played is that Barb. 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 Oh, it's Barb. Fucking Barb. Justice uh, for Barb. Justice for Barb. You have to buy as many Funkos of Barb as you can, so they bring her back. Do you think she was up? She was like kind of upset when the whole like Barbenheimer thing came out mm. like this past summer. And well, she I've, was like, I've been calling her that. <laughs> She's a real Barbenheimer. She's a smart Alec. <laughs> She's a bit yeah. of a Barbenheimer. A Weisenheimer. So Lindsay uh, Anderson Beer, it, she so she's a writer director, right? She is attached to <laughs> wait, <laughs> eight projects. Yeah, eight projects to write um, Mask Mobile Armored Strike Command. That's unrelated fun. to. Smoking. Jim Carrey's, right, yeah, because yeah. then it would be called uh, Mobile Armored Smoking Command. The Star Trek Beyond sequel, uh, the Silver Sable movie, which is like a Marvel thing, Bambi, Bambi and, the Deer, and a Short Circuit remake. Wow, this is, uh, things are coming up beers, huh? <laughs> it's coming she's up doing, beer. She's doing all right. How many of these do you think get made? Zero, it's probably zero, right? It's gotta I mean, be maybe close to Bambi zero. gets made, um, you know, like a live action in quotations, like a you know, like the photorealistic CGI nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, I don't think any of these have any chance. You don't uh, think the public will be clamoring for a short circuit reboot? You know, that would be a good like subtitle, right? Short circuit colon reboot. It's like, <laughs> right that actually that actually would be a lot of fun to do oh we gotta mail a copy of this podcast to ourselves but so i want right on that steve gutenberg has to be in it and so Ooh. does fish fisher stevens as that character <laughs> i'm sorry to say it's sorry that's the law honestly politically <laughs> yeah. kind of trending that way <laughs> yeah sure yeah. uh <laughs> So who else we got in there? We got Jackson right. White. What do we know him from? Oh, absolutely nothing. He was in... <laughs> this is only his 10th credit on IMDb. He was in uh, the movie Ambulance with uh, the, from like last year. With Oh, yeah. Uh, he played Jake Officer Gyllenhaal. Zach, right? <laughs> yeah, he was definitely he, Officer Zach. He played Officer Zach in Ambulance. And then he was in Mrs. Fletcher, which was like an HBO miniseries. Mm. Uh, Where he Catherine played the Hall. titular... Mrs. Brendan Fletcher. Yeah. I might be getting that wrong. I haven't seen it. Uh, who else is here? We got Natalie Alin Lind. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be Alan. At least A- for, the purposes, Lind. for the purposes of saying her name, I think it should be. I think it should just be Alan. 
Nah. Um, she plays Judd Crandall's main squeeze, Norma. Uh, she's also a, a bit of a, a Nepo baby. Her dad, not as famous as Katie. Paul Lind? John Lind, who he's like a he's an assistant director, second unit kind of guy. But he's got, you know, he, he works. He's, he's a guy that works. Sure. Um, Good honest work, too. None of this oh, yeah. above the line bullshit. That's right. Um, kind of weirdly, yeah. kind of like a stacked supporting cast. That's the thing. <laughs> it's it's very right. strange. So, all right, real quick, before we get to the bigger names, uh, we got Forrest Goodluck as Manny. Uh, Isabella LeBlanc. As Donna, they play brother and sister. Surprised the hell out of me. Another <laughs> one of these. <laughs> Another what? one of these franchise sequels where it doesn't uh, seem like they're brother and sister at first. Yep. <laughs> um, and now now we're getting into like the real, the nitty gritty here. We have King alum, you're just Henry gonna, Thomas. You're just going to skip Jack Mulhern? No, no, I was getting to him next. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I was going in. Uh, IMDb order, but yeah, let's Jack Mulhern, uh, who we haven't seen him in anything else, but I'll tell you what he was in, Dan. Mm. Uh, the 2017 uh, failed pilot of Lock and Key. Damn, we should watch it. If we, <laughs> we should just go find it and watch it. Yeah, let me. I'll I'll see if I can find that somewhere. <laughs> You do an episode. Meet a, on it. meet a guy in a parking garage. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a it's it's Jack Mulhern kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so so with right, that well, with that out of the way. Yeah, but Henry Thomas. All right. Um, he's he's in freaking everything. He's in freaking everything. Uh, he was in uh Doctor Sleep. He's in. Uh, what's the fucking Lisey's story? No, no. Uh, what are we thinking? Uh, what's of? the other? Um, Gerald's game. Gerald's also game. In, Wait, Gerald's is Lisey's story the one with the guy that we thought was him? <laughs> the, it's like a different evil dad, and we we're like, is that Henry Thomas? And then it's not. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't remember. Lost the time, and we're purging yeah, yeah. all of this anyway. You can't take it with you. That's... Yeah, I've, ar- I've already started deleting files here. I can't. <laughs> Can't go back. <laughs> um, no, this fucking guy. He's in a. Uh, uh, what else? What else? Uh, Nightmares and Dreamscapes, an episode of that. He's really carved out a nice niche for himself as like a horror guy. Yeah, he's know? in Desperation. We've seen this guy a ton. I um, like that he kept having to remind himself mid scene that he's not Southern in this. Did you like that? <laughs> yeah. He kept almost being Southern. He's like, oh, mm, oh, nope, nope, it's, nope. I'm from Maine. I'm from Maine. no accent. No, that's accent another for, thing. Except for like one guy over a PA, right? Uh, like it. at the, I think at like the um, Vietnam draft at like the town hall or whatever. You hear a guy be like, "Time to go to Vietnam. Pack your bags. <laughs> get ready for Vietnam. If your name got called." It's time to go fight uh, in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, Judd Crandall though, no accent. No, he he's just like, uh, oh well, don't go down that road. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, some sometimes dead is better. And don't you <laughs> don't you love the restraint on them only saying it thirty times? <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes dead is oh yeah. Sometimes, that was sometimes you're killed before you get to say the line. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real tragedy of that death is he didn't get to say the line. Right. Yeah. So so, <laughs> um, so we also got yeah. Uh, upcoming friend of the show, David Duchovny. Yeah, David Duchovny. He'll be joining us on Twin Peaks momentarily. Such, just like such a droopy face. I know. I know. He's he's aged into it beautifully. Yeah, I mean, he's always had a droopy face, but now it just, yeah, now it fits. Yeah. (laughs) Now now he just, just perpetually sad, no matter what. He's also like, He's like a little stockier now in his old age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wears that very well, too. Yeah. I think he's just a... I think David Duchovny might be a handsome man. No. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I think he might be right. <laughs> um, and you then, a fan of uh, David Duchovny's band? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I know his band. Uh, What's his band called? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> we're we're going to get to it. What's a while well, while I'm looking David that Duke up, and the boys. <laughs> no. No, oh no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Different guy. Uh, uh there's a I he think played, he just performs he, as David Duchovny. He does. Uh his him and his band they played at the Stone Pony uh like years ago, like 6 or 7 years ago. Um and I I remember being like should do should I go see David Duchovny's band? And then I like looked up one of the songs. I'm like, oh, this is like unlistenable. <laughs> what's um? This is unrelated, but what's Russell Crowe's band called? It's something uh, insane. Yeah, we gotta look that one up, right? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Russell Crowe's band. Ah, uh, thirty odd foot of grunts. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, man, I. Should just do like a, a just, whole episode on on actors with you know passion project side bands or whatever. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, we should watch as many Johnny Depp guitar solos as we can find. <laughs> oh, the the Hollywood vampires. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh my God. Get that man more scarves, please. <laughs> Just keep putting him on till I can't see him anymore. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a, a, a goddamn mummy out there. He's wrapped up and, so much. And hey, here's what I'll say: uh, the amount he drinks, he's basically a freaking Molotov cocktail. Whoa, right? Scarves, man! Right? Because of the scarves and the and and the boobs. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> therefore, and his blood alcohol level, <laughs> he's not unlike a, a Molotov cocktail. cocktail. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So then we have in. Uh, a very thankless role one missed. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a King alum. Yep. A Mario alum. <laughs> yep. Samantha Mathis. Yeah. She, uh, uh, you know, she's what, what, is, what do you call it when, when you're in the theater and you're like, it's not walking the boards, but trotting the boards. They say, is it trotting the boards? Trotting or treading? Tread. I think it may be treading the boards. Mm. She, treading, she treads the boards trails. and she she treads the the pipes because she was in the Super Mario Brothers. Movie. That's right. That's right. 
As does uh, Forrest Goodluck, because he was in How to Blow Up a Pipeline. That's right. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> pipe traders in this one. Uh, but of course, she was in uh, Under the Dome, which we did a uh, like a, a parody song about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, we did a single episode of it. Um, yeah. But did someone did. suggest that we watch the rest of that on Patreon? Yes. That is, uh, first of all, don't not going to happen. Don't ever tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday, you know, we'll be, uh, you know, 85 years old and uh, 32 years old. <laughs> That's the thing about Rob. He keeps getting older and I stay the same age. <laughs> that would have been oh man if i were doing stand-up comedy in 2012 uh, yeah i could have been like here's my impression of matthew mcconaughey in the portrait of dorian gray <laughs> that's the thing about my portrait <laughs> yeah i like so you on. said that line and then somebody outside your your window there like revved their engine and like peeled out. It's part of the bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That was someone running away from me finishing that. Uh, Samantha Mathis uh, was under the dome. And she was also in an episode of Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Uh, cool. The fifth quarter. Um, that was the, uh, um, the Lovecraft one, right? No. Oh, that crap. It's like, uh, it's not Knob's End, but it's something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Um, th- okay. Pam Greer is in this movie. That's right. Uh, registered nurse? Maybe doctor? Is Pam Greer a doctor? Hang on. Really? She's one of those? Like an actor I- who's gone on to college? Yeah, it's gone on to do something with their life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, There's no way to find this out, of course. Um, There's, yeah. Uh, But she's, she's Pam Greer. I mean. Right. Look look it up. Look it up. Not, not you, uh, the audience. Look it up. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else. Also a friend of the show. Uh, spend some time with her on Mars. Oh, right. well, yeah. In our, in, in our John Carpenter series, Wall to Wall Carpenter, which is... Wall to Wall Carpenter. Wall to Wall Carpenter, which you can listen to on patreon.com slash kingmepod, link in the show notes. Sign up for a seven-day free trial. It's not all of it. Unsubscribe before you ever have to pay a dime. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Um, it should go without saying at this point. And, and then the rest are sort of like uh, not really anybody that anyone would know. I do want to point out, though, uh, the guy who plays Mayor Hannibal Benson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Holland, the actor, mm-hmm. Matt Holland. Uh, he was also in Secret Window. He <laughs> is a secret King alum. Did you look at him and do the Leonardo DiCaprio in uh, <laughs> in, in Once Upon a Time? In Once Upon a Time meme. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't. I, I I did have to look this up. I didn't recognize his uh, his very weak chin. 
Um, it w- it was weak, wasn't it? It was a bit weak. <laughs> Gonna have to take a deduct a star from our letterbox right now. <laughs> yeah, a whole star for that chin. <laughs> um, no, so that's our cast here. All right, right off the bat, this movie is ninety minutes, and there's probably like eight minutes of credits here. So you're looking at eighty two minutes in and out. Out Which, the door. <laughs> I, let, so let's say this movie, you know, some movies started at zero. Yeah. And they work their way up to their final yep. score. This one starts at 100. That's right. Or should I say 82? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, right, right off the bat, I like that. I yeah. like that, that we're keeping the story tight. Um I, I hate prequels in general. I think they're dumb. Um, they hardly ever work. To be a prequel and then also subject me to histor- fictional historical context for the town of Ludlow, Maine. Duh. To show me two diaries in back-to-back <laughs> scenes. I, too many, too I was a diaries, man. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. That was that was unacceptable. That was like a, a an actual out loud groan. Right. They should have added another diary immediately after that. Rule of threes. You know what they should right? You know what they should have done? <laughs> they should have had Henry Thomas go to the bookcase, pull out a book with diary on the cover, and then he opens it and it's hollowed out with a smaller <laughs> diary in it. <laughs> It's funny. Isn't it crazy how when Laura Palmer has two diaries, we absolutely love it. But when the people of Ludlow, <laughs> Maine have two diaries, you're like, we're, fuck we're, you. We're so mad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Laura Palmer, she had a lot going on. These people don't have as much going on. I don't care what they are <laughs> lying to themselves about. <laughs> I don't care how many spirals there are. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, where's Jigsaw here, man? Uh, where's the book of Spiral? Where's, where's Uzomaki? Yeah, where is Uzomaki? That's what it's called, right? I don't know. The um, that manga, that horror manga where everything is spirals. Oh, Have sounds scary. That? It is pretty fucking scary. <laughs> I forget that guy's name. Is Ito is the guy's yeah name? yeah? It's uh, Junji Ito. Yeah, Junji Ito. Yeah, uh, Uzumaki. Uzumaki. Yep. Yeah, pretty creepy stuff. Uh, viewers will probably know the. It's like the girl and her eye eye is like spiraling out of her head, like the stalk of her eye. It's like, yeah, it's pretty gross. I can't read manga because I refuse to read Japanese. it backwards. Oh, okay. and and reading it forwards just doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> <laughs> Being like, ah, oh, spoiler. Ah, spoiler. <laughs> Let me just try the next line here. Well, so there's a spoiler. Yeah. They, they all, uh, they're all told backwards. I don't get it. Isn't um, this, and isn't that interesting how when Christopher Nolan does that, you love it? <laughs> but when the nation of Japan does it, you recoil in horror. No, but not I, in the way the author intends. Uh, maybe. Have you ever read any manga? No, I have. Also, I like to call it manja, but go on. <laughs> Italian comic books. That's right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just just like covered in olive oil. 
It's just like, I can't get a hold of this thing. It keeps slipping out of my hand. I've heard of pulp fiction, but pulpette fiction? Wow. <laughs> um, That's Italian for meatballs, folks. <laughs> um, I have not read any manga. You know me. I'm not like a big comic book guy no. generally you're not a, and you're not a, a fucking nerd it's no i was i was sorry i was too busy uh tearing it up on the gridiron in my yeah, yeah you were, bird dog yeah, and chicks were, yeah you were too too busy fucking uh crushing skulls on the field and crushing ass on, on the at the mixer <laughs> at the at the mixer yeah oh, man one I, mixer. I got thrown out of the mixer yeah, for crushing too much ass. Crushing too much ass. And not because, like, you know, public indecency. <laughs> or, like, you got to save some ass for the rest of, <laughs> yeah, rest of the buddy. kids. <laughs> These students the work so hard all semester. <laughs> uh, this, is, uh, this is Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. <laughs> um, I thought about doing a song parody for this. Do you want to know about it? I'm glad that you didn't, but go on. You're going to be very <laughs> glad I didn't when I tell you the song was going to be uh, Bloodlines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, is that is that Blurred Lines? The, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all I got, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, uh, okay, so he was Judd. Yeah. Then he did. I can't. I can't even think of that song right now. What the like? It uh, sounds like a carnival. Yeah, you're actually name, thinking of the whole song. Yeah, my name is Crandall. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was Judd. <laughs> my, my name is Judson. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but call me Judd. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Well, maybe we'll make a Pet Cemetery Bloodlines parody song off of a be- off of the most canceled song ever written. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the most canceled song. Can't even play that song anymore. It's it's a you major can only rights play issue. It, you can only play it at every like a human rights issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not like copyright, just the laws of public decency. You can right. only play it at every wedding I've been to since it came out. That's the only place you're allowed to play it. Oh, geez. What? Um. Uh. What? What was the girl's name? Uh. Like Emily Rakamakawa. Ratajkowski. Ratajkowski. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like M Rat. Is that what she like? Yeah. The short like that's what right. But that was like the first time anybody saw her. And like and the whole thing was like it was just her and that other uh, woman just topless in thongs. Yeah. In the video. And that was the whole thing. And the premise is that they were um, absolutely randy for a guy who looks like Alan Thicke, (laughs) but has like a weird little soul patch and a little wispy mustache. Yeah. Yeah. What's that guy's name now? Oh, fuck, I can't think. His name now is Robin Thick. Robin Thick, as it as it has always been. It's <laughs> short. <Sure. laughs> um, yeah, I, I, Robin Thick, only forty six years old. Jeez. Damn, that's a lot of life left to have to live as Robin Thick. I gotta say, it's, seriously. Yeah, 
Um, uh, so, all right, bloodlines, right? Bloodlines. You, got them bloodlines. you thought the dog was bad. Wait till you see the Timmy. All right, right off the bat here, I not enough pets being buried in this in this pet cemetery here. It's there's not even like you don't there's, even see one get buried. Right. Uh, there's um, what's the Jack? Not Jackson. That's the the boy's name in real life. What's the? It's like Hendrix. Maybe is the dog's name. I believe it uh, is Hendrix. Yeah. And yeah. So this movie opens cold open smash cut. It's nighttime. Ah. And we see David Duchovny dragging a body across the, uh, the dirt, throws it in a hole, buries it up. And then him and his dog Hendrix walk away. And then they hear uh, a stir something. And, uh, they turn and walk back and, uh, the pet, the, the cemetery has worked, and the person <laughs> that uh, that David Duchovny buried is now alive, and that the hand just like juts out of the ground and grabs the dog and like it, I said jut, not juts. Yeah, it was, was an <laughs> issue of clarification. Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I, I saw the look of confusion on your face. <laughs> I I know I know it was his name is Judd's son, not juts out. <laughs> That's how you can remember. Yeah, hand juts out of the ground and grabs Hendrix, the dog. Hendrix, the dog. Who, fun fact, I'm going to pepper in a fun fact. Uh Uh-oh. Only because it's the first, it's like the preview trivia on IMDb. Did you see this? (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? this? You heard about this? It's a dog dog from the new Pet Cemetery movie, Bloodlines. (laughs) It's an Australian cattle dog named Jellybean. Jellybean. (laughs) Was born in Reno, Nevada. He holds hey. three Guinness World Records and is completely deaf. We don't know what the world records are in. <laughs> Deafest dog. <laughs> <laughs> he holds the world record for being the deafest dog in Reno. The deafest dog in Reno. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we don't. Yeah, we don't see uh, David Duchovny. His character bury the dog, but uh, we can assume that he does because we see that dog uh, is all evil later on. Um, we 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 catch up. So from here, right? We see like Judd Crandall, and <laughs> Judd, Judd Crandall and Norma, and Norma. They're it, off. Okay, to join. So right, yeah, right off the bat here, like the the. Girl who plays Norma, uh, Nat, uh, Natalie Alin Lind. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Alan. <laughs> she, she has such a modern face. Uh, how about fucking Judson too? Dude? Well, like- well, yes, yes, Judd Judson also. I was gonna say both of them, but there's that thing where like, it, people have said it before, but it's like, oh, like. You can tell, like, some people just don't belong in period piece movies. Like, you look at somebody and you're like, that's a face that's seen an iPhone, you mm-hmm. know? Yes, yes. And these two look like, I mean, really, like, it looks like just off camera they have their phones out and they're fucking 
tweeting or something. Right. You, know? you can see the like rectangle glow through their like jeans pocket. <laughs> yeah. <in one shot. laughs> I think I think part of the issue, too, is like the, you know, this is not a particularly expensive looking movie. I don't actually know how oh, much man. it cost. Five hundred million dollars. <laughs> it's it was eleven. Uh, IMDb says eleven point five. But Which I mean, is, that's not getting you far. You know? That is not getting you far. I mean, there's really not a lot that happens. It's in, true. In this, it's true. Um, but th- I bring like that up just three to, or four locations. You yeah, know? I bring that up just to to say that like that's part of the issue. Is like the styling is so not comprehensive also yeah. you know well right also, they tell though, you that it it take this story takes place in 1969 and that's the only indication that it's yeah. 1960 and also Do they give you a credence clearwater revival yeah, yeah. yeah all of the needle drops yeah even the fact that like judd crandall is driving uh, i don't know it looks i don't know if it's a camaro or like a, a chevelle or something even that Looks like a young man driving a old classic car. Yeah, for like a GQ photo shoot. Exactly. It it doesn't look like, oh, uh, this is a contemporary to right now. (laughs) He's just, he's so smooth. Like, everybody is so goddamn smooth. To the the point where, like, Paige came out (laughs) into the the, uh, room while I was watching this and was like, is this, are you watching like a video game cutscene? <laughs> it really does like have that sort of like weird glow to it. It, yeah. You know? It, it, the, yeah. These two actors in particular, though, they like, have this uncanny, it's like an uncanny valley thing where they're like, uh, they're too smooth, they're too. I don't know, attractive. I don't know what the, the thing is exactly. There's, but- a, that's the thing. I think. I honestly, I, I think the fact that Jackson White has waxed his entire body is yeah. a huge problem for me. Because like, it, everyone's supposed to be hairy and sweaty. It's yeah. it's, it's the late sixties. It's Maine. Yeah, <laughs> it's Ludlow, Maine. <laughs> Nobody, <Yeah. laughs> nobody's manscaping in Ludlow, Maine. I think there's also the issue of like, there is. I I, I think we talked i brought this up on like maybe the last twin peaks episode we did there's like a uh-huh. a, a manner of of speaking that is like very contemporary that i think yeah. they both just stick with right well, beyond yes. not doing the accent i think they just are yeah it's there's just certain cadences and like enunciations that are of the too moment. modern too modern, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish I had even one example for you, but you really feel it because, like, some of the dialogue is like written to be kind of like folksy and yes. like ho- you know uh, homespun, but then they say it and they just sound like Twitch streamers. <laughs> yes. <You know? laughs> yes. Uh, um. So we we catch these two basically as they're. They're about to leave town um, and join the Peace Corps. Um, Just, yeah, I know even as like a sequel to the the 2019 one, like what about John Lithgow in that I movie? Know. Is like, now there's a man who's, there's a man who wanted to join the Peace Corps. <laughs> like, 
the the character of Judd Crandall should be like a townie. Right. That's what Judd Crandall is. Like he's a guy who never left town, right? But that and like I know that's how this movie ends with them deciding not to leave town and whatever. But well, yeah. Sorry, finish your point. No, just that. Like I don't know. Uh, he the the kid uh, Jackson White here. That character should be like more of a townie, you know, not some guy who's. Like the character of Manny, the one who's like, you know, never going to get out of town like him and his sister, like she plans on leaving and going to school. And he's like, uh, you know, you're going to leave and I'm not going to you know, ever see you again or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, that's kind of how I feel like Judd should have been like. Right. Not not so many options, maybe like has to stay in town. Uh <laughs> Instead of it works being like a blue collar job, you know. Yeah, but he's like sort of the prodigal son of of Ludlow. Like his dad yeah. kind of his dad seems to like run the town a little bit. I guess. Um, well, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's like a, it's a few people that are in. It's like a sure. little Ludlow Illuminati. Yeah, Ludlow Ludluminati. Right. Um, Ludlumani. Nope. Ludlumani. <laughs> well. Since you since you mentioned townies and we're talking about townies and we'll never get to do it again. Oh what you, shit! What do you say, for old we're time's gonna, sake? You gonna open up the book? Open up another our final installment of Townie Profile. Here comes big bad big. I wonder how much they'd pay for it up the college. Rod, booze, baseball. That's just about the finest smell in the world. Except maybe for pussy. They don't cotton the outsiders, and they probably won't have a phone there either. Looney, looney, looney. What is it that you want, Ernie? I want some Rango. Last town report said you were in arrears in your taxes, Andy. They're not retarded. <laughs> They're disturbed. Guess I'll never be lucky. Hell, I ain't married anyone. Daisy man. Let's make us a baby doggy style. <laughs> Or do it for money. She's got money. She's young. She does it because she likes it. Photographs of teddy bears. Lion in coffins. <laughs> the sweet children of Gatlin have chained the door. Bingo? It's just like the one I used to have in high school before I was a bum. But I got the cancer and she got the change, so ain't neither of us all that fun to live with. Soaks up that cat piss real good. This uh, this here be townie profile. <laughs> here be townies. I'm gonna miss Rango. Uh, and the guy uh, who says, uh, "When I was a bum, before I was a bum." <laughs> before I was a bum. Who? What's he from? Uh, needful things. Mm, I can never remember that. Yeah, a um, lot of a lot of great townies that we have there. And we and, may, we may be checking in with needful things again soon. Yeah, right. I think so. We we damn well may. We have a I couple know, directors I, cuts. That we, we do need. have some extended cuts, some directors cuts. I I kind of want to rewatch uh, Lawnmower Man, the extended version. <laughs> yeah, because just for the uh, the insanity of it all. Of course, of course. <laughs> 
who, how could I turn my nose up at 30 more minutes of Larry right. Angelo? Dr. Lan- Larry Angelo? <laughs> Larry Angelo. <laughs> Why is it so funny? Because <laughs> it's Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it's like two years before he plays like James Bond. <laughs> you know? And he's like, I... Uh, Angelo. Dr. Larry Angelo. Yeah. Shake it, monster. Um, so, <laughs> okay. Uh, we're, yeah. Um, yeah, this is, like, this is a town. I mean, most of our characters here are kind of townies, right? That's like the point of the movie. If there's a theme in this movie, it's about... It's, about we ten- need more townies and you it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this... There are a weird number of parallels between this and the Children of the Corn movie we watched a couple weeks ago. Yeah, man. What's up with yeah. that? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think Even like the brother and sister thing. Yeah. Uh, leaving town, being upset that your sister is getting out of town, and you'll never get out of town, and, and being seemingly upset that your sister is not your girlfriend. Yep. <laughs> you know how? You know how? You dance with your sister for 10 minutes. <laughs> you get drunk and do a little dance to a song about the uh, fastest gr- girl in town. Right? It was Run Around Sue. Yeah, you know. You know that, right? You do all that with, with your sibling. Right. Run Around Sue. Uh, a song about a uh, a woman of loose morals. <laughs> Oh, but she's a good time, and she's a hell of a time. Ah. <laughs> great time. Also, great song. Love that song. Well, yeah, Dion. Come on. It's, it's Dion, babe. Dion, babe. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, that is kind of, that's Manny and Donna's whole deal, right? Donna wants to go be a big shot artist in Buffalo, New York. Sure. Yeah. Uh, start there. You know, she's inching toward New York City. Yeah, yeah, she's and working her way up. Manny's kind of aimless. Not much more to be said about that. They go smoke weed in the sunflower patch, and hell yeah, some weird happens. <laughs> some fucking weird happens. Some weird bullshit happens, where uh, one of the sunflowers is a spiral. Yep. Which again did kind of evoke Corn Kids twenty twenty three for me. Yeah. Right when uh, the main character. What in in twenty twenty three the was there a did any of the corn bleed? Uh, probably. I, mean, I the the movie is completely out of my mind at this point. Yeah. Like I I, I I I watching this, I'm like, I feel like I've seen this before. Why? <laughs> why is that? <laughs> I know I haven't. Um. Yeah, so yes, uh, one of these sunflowers starts bleeding. Yeah, and honestly, like, <laughs> this movie gave me a new respect for that Corn Kids movie. Not that I hated the Corn Kids movie, but no, it, but I do yeah. think like it's playing around with some more interesting, like, I think all the stuff about like leaving town makes mm-hmm. so much more sense with that plot, with that story. Than it does here. Where yes. it's just sort of like. Like this like Corn Kids kind of makes the 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 case for like continuity and like sort of like staying 
where you grew up and like helping that yeah. place thrive. Right. On the grounds that it's like, well, if you don't, some freak is going to blow through town and like do a power grab because nobody will care at that point. Right. And that freak may be a silly little girl. Yes. But this one, it's more just like you better not leave because the town's going to kill you anyway. Yeah. You need to stay here to keep the evil at bay. I guess that's kind of the same, actually, huh? Only right at the end. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, I mean, kind of, but like, I don't know. We're corn kids. It, it, I don't know. It felt much more like, like you said, like uh, about uh, the town, like it, putting back into the town, like what you took out of it, mm. essentially, right? Yeah. Where this is like, this doesn't really play with any of that. Like, yeah, this it, is more like, this is more. I mean, quite literally, it's like we made this terrible thing and the best we can do is sort of like mitigate the damage. Yeah. You know? And, it, and it's like, sorry, man, you're inheriting a, a shitty job <laughs> with a lousy pay. Right. <laughs> it, it, and again, there's like the element of like the Crandalls being like one of the, the Illuminati where it's like, you guys, you guys kind of just like this is your town, like yeah. So let's uh, 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 this whole Lud Illuminati thing, right? <laughs> uh, we're all talking we, about it. We're all talking about it. We, you know, that's actually where I had to uh, uh, stop. Was the the flashback scene? Yeah, is where where I was like, all right, I am not in the right mind right now to absorb I, this. Yes, I, I do not have the spoons to take on a colonial flashback. Correct. Or truly like not. The, e I don't even it's not even colonial. It's like uh, it's pre colonial. It's like or, it's like sixteen hundreds or something. Yeah, it's like sixteen seventy four. So settler flashback like yeah, no colony like, has been established. Yeah, what do you what do you call it when uh, there's like a group of people like uh, missionaries that are like going on like a, a yeah like a, a, it, it sort of felt like that like wasn't one of the guys a priest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so in the middle of the movie we get a flashback to 1674 where we see like a group of English explorers settlers whatever. Um, walking through a big old sunflower field and then they uh they're looking for um somebody from their group named Ludlow mm. and oh what? oh they named the town after him oh. <laughs> they named the town after him <laughs> the guy that was eating people I do like that they have to throw in a line where they're like, and they named the town after him uh, as a reminder of what, of who not to eat. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, as a reminder of not, what not to do. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, this group is looking for uh, one of the members of their party, Ludlow. They find uh, this sort of uh, open area. It's uh, a, a Native American. I think one. Native Sir, American over man? here, I found an open area. <laughs> uh, I say, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> mm, <ooh. laughs> Very well. Uh, show me this open area. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> I could hear your World War One mustache <laughs> in that accent. I'm trying to get my Kevin Durand from Three bag, <laughs> you know? Show me this. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. All teeth. That's All a teeth. Very teeth yeah. heavy performance. Yeah. Okay. So yes. Uh, so so first they find the pet cemetery and there's uh we you know there are masks animal masks right like that's a big thing yes we've for also some reason at that point in the movie we've seen Donna who, who Donna's again, making animal masks that's like her she's like a mixed media sort of sculptor ish type artist yeah yeah it's like a paper mache you know thing that she's up to yeah and she says i've been dreaming about these all week right and at a certain point in the movie it's established that like the masks are supposed to like ward off uh evil spirits or something right that's what they say but then also nobody Tim, does it right well timmy says that's not gonna work and then no one follows up on it okay good that's <laughs> that's simply hearsay yeah uh, Oh, it's like, that's exactly what you'd expect Timmy to say, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, so these uh, these uh, settlers or whatever, they find that and then they keep going and they find like a small uh, tribe of Native Americans. Uh, the, the leader is this old man who's also wearing an animal mask. Um, you know, the, the one guy, I guess, speaks the same, the native language so mm-hmm. he's trying to he's trying to find out where Ludlow is and and the 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 guy is like uh oh he's he's of the earth now and like, all of, of this. the earth what's that mean and he goes he's over there yeah yeah he's not nah, he say that <laughs> but he is over there he is right over there yeah uh they were one so of the, close yeah one of the guys in the party he like looks he's like looking around and he finds Ludlow uh just eating a, a animal, like a dead animal, um, you know, just crouched down, just going for like the the soft belly, yeah. Uh, and then uh, there's a scream, and everybody runs over, and now Ludlow has attacked uh, this guy, and has opened him up, and is eating his soft belly, <laughs> and there's a whole fucking you know, and then and that's the end of the thing. It's like. All right, they they kill Ludlow, and I guess they form a pact. the 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 original like five families that founded Ludlow form this pact to always sort of protect and um, guard the uh, the pet cemetery, right? Um, yeah. Even though it's not called the pet cemetery, nobody ever. It's not a pet cemetery. Well, there is that one shot where the camera they they enter it and then the camera just stays on the sign. Yeah, for what feels like three minutes. Yeah, forever. It's like a flashing arrow that pops up on the screen. <laughs> um, so that's like that's the flashback. All right, back in present day, right? Judd Crandall and his his woman Norma. They are, like I said, they're planning on leaving town, right? So To join the Peace Corps. It can't to, be said uh, enough. Cannot be said enough. They're joining the Peace Corps. They're driving to Michigan, and then from Michigan, the world. That's what That's saying. right. <laughs> First Michigan, then the world. <laughs> the world. <laughs> it's, just, it's all teeth. Uh, so there's this... Um, 
Judd's parents are like eager to see him go. They want him to leave, mm. right? Um, and then he like him and his uh, girl. They stop in town, and he sees uh, David Duchovny. Well, for, and, so what happens is they're driving out of town, and Norma's like. Goodbye, Ludla. And before she can quite finish the word, a crow flies into the windshield. Always crows flying into windshields in these movies. Doesn't it seem that way? It does. If you don't, a deus ex bird. Yeah, crowing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they get out to inspect the crow, and then they see the Baderman dog. Um, It's David Duchovny and Jack Mulhern. Yeah, well, that's what. It, so, er, but a little bit earlier, when Judd oh. and his girlfriend run into uh, David Duchovny, oh, right? I, think I forgot. About Judd that. is Judd Sorry. is working at the hardware store, mm-hmm. and um, you know they have like this interaction because Judd used, uh, I guess, was friends with David Duchovny's son Timmy, and um, and the, the two of them had another friend Manny's, and the three of them were like they grew up together. They were very close friends. Timmy went off to Vietnam, um, and you know we find out that you know David Duchovny is Timmy's father. We saw you know David Duchovny burying somebody, and then the person coming back, so we can assume that it's Timmy. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as yeah, we know, his character only knows one person, and it's his son. That's right. Yeah. Um, and and they talk for a bit, and and David Duchovny is like really kind of like an asshole to him. He's yeah. just like. Uh, you, you join the Peace Corps, huh? Not like no stomach for war or something. Yeah, like basically, that. Like, just like it'd be like suits a Crandall to not yeah. fight in Vietnam. <laughs> right. And what we come to learn is that, like, uh, basically, uh, Judd's dad, Dan Crandall, Cran hey. Crandandal, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> has rigged the um the draft the lottery. Draft lottery, yeah. yeah. So Judd was never going. Judd, Judd, Judd was never right. going. And now with his son being dead, uh Bill, David Duchovny's character, is very bitter mm-hmm. about this. Um oh, isn't he so like the cook from the holdovers? A movie I also just watched. Oh wow. Did you like it? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I, I just watched it the other day. I thought it was fantastic. It, it's, uh, I mean, you know, Paul Giamatti and Alexander Payne, right? Mm-hmm. Sideways is one of my favorite movies. I love that movie, yeah. right? Um, also, uh, uh, Paul Giamatti was 37 when he made that movie. Uh, yeah, that came uh, up. That also came up recently. I don't know if it was on mic or just while we were talking, but oh, okay. it was um, appalling. Appalling. Yeah, <laughs> appalling. Would you agree, uh, though, that we have sort of like a Giamatti Jane thing going over here? Uh, Jane? Who's in that with him? Who's in Sideways with him? Isn't it Thomas Jane? Who's oh, no, guy? no. Uh, who is it? What's it's? Um, no, it's the guy who looks like him. Henry Thomas or Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Not the same guy at all. In fact, no, it's oh. a different guy. I'm looking at him and different. Okay, do we have a Giamatti church thing going here? Am I the church? I didn't say that. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess you would be. I You'd mean, have to be. I feel like he's he's a bit of a 
slime ball in that movie. And I'm only yeah, but a mo- moderate slime ball. Yeah, but Giamatti is pathetic. <laughs> that's that's true. Maybe we're just both Giamatti. I feel, I mean, I watch that movie and I'm like, oof, Giamatti. <laughs> and I see a lot of myself in that Giamatti character. <laughs> Whoa. You know what? I, the one scene I've seen from that now, someone posted the clip of, uh, it's like, I don't know what's going on in this freaking movie, but he's talking to that lady and he's like, come on, let's go get a glass of wine. She's like, well, I'm pregnant. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's terrific. And he's just like, sort of like, so, yeah, oh, the co- man. The- the context of that is that's his ex-wife. Sure. And yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. She just got remarried and he fucked up the marriage by having an affair. Yeah. And, you know, and his life is basically in shambles at that point. Yeah. Um, he likes wine. Yeah. So wine you, you've never you've never seen uh, Sideways? Never seen Sideways. Oh, man. It 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 feels like the character from the holdovers just like a younger sort of version of that okay um yeah it's fucking paul Giamatti. i'll fucking watch anything with paul giamatti he's he's a terrific actor he's so good he's very good at the art of acting the, excuse I mean, me the craft of the acting. craft please uh yeah man uh, that guy fucking and he's like he's such a you know just a very specific looking kind of guy sure not and getting another one of those. Not when Jackson White's playing Judson Crandall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, the 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 whoever the young Giamatti is who was up for the Judson Crandall role, yeah. fucking keep moving, buddy. No. <laughs> if if Hollywood executives had their way, they would have people who look like that executed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right, they they would cast sideways with just two hot guys. Yeah, The Rock and Jason Statham. Yeah, <laughs> on a Napa <laughs> wine tour. Every time The Rock picks up a glass, it just shatters in his hand. Yeah, oi, I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. Okay, well, when you say it like that, I would watch that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would watch that too. Oh man, now. I- Whenever uh, AI becomes, uh, whenever we can just like type a thing in, like a prompt, and then it, it just spits out a whole movie, mm. and just like just remake Sideways and just cast Jason Statham and The Rock in those that, leads. That basically does exist, where you can just like map somebody's face onto the yeah, you know. Well, uh, the mapping exists, but I, I want the whole pack. Okay. You basically want like a, a lived in, prefer- basically just like you want the parallel universe. I do. You That's want, what I want. You want the dev's computer. Correct. Not Dave's. I want, right. Not Dave's. Uh, Spoilers yes. for devs. Um, all right. Bloodlines. Would devs have been a better show if it was just about uh, if it was like Dev Patel doing the clumps? <laughs> the devs. The devs. Yeah, it would have been better. It's not. It's not really very good, is it? It's fine. I, I what devs? Yeah, or Dev Patel. Devs. I I haven't seen devs. It's it's Alex. You can't stop talking about it. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Well, I just. <laughs> I the, I love um, 
I love Ex Machina and I love Annihilation and it drives yeah. me insane that Alex Garland is a moron ostensibly. <laughs> like every all of his other outputs suggest that he's like just got yeah. rocks for brains. <laughs> yeah. I Alex Alex Garland uh, uh I so like Annihilation I think is great. We I feel like we've had this conversation how like it's really good. And it feels like an original thing. And then I think you pointed out that he did not write the book. Right. It's a, it's but, based on a book by somebody else. But it's like it's very adapted. Like the. Yeah. You know, the novel yes. is markedly different. Like. It, yes. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. 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 Um, it's it's fine. Alexander. <laughs> Ale- I keep calling him Alexander Garland Scar- because I'm thinking Lynch. of Alexander Payne. Mm. Uh, he hasn't earned his Xander. That's right. He's a, he's a populist. He's Al. Al Garland. All right. We're an hour and a half into this podcast Home and we're 15 minutes into the movie. Who, who freaking cares? This is the, the DMT release. This is it. Get it all out. I know. That's true. Uh, it's just a three hour episode. Yeah. Well, we still have like, again, we have to do the last segment where we rank every movie we've ever watched. That's true. So and buckle up. Of course, there's going to be a half hour sit down fireside chat with Javi Bardem. Javi? <laughs> Javi. Uh, all right. Real question. If you, if I asked you what the were out of all the Stephen King movies that we watched, yeah. right? All the King Me things, what was the worst? The worst absolute fucking worst <laughs> i so hold on let me look i'm pulling yeah, right. up our list okay Bring i'm up the list I'm, I'm applying a filter an excel filter okay to look at just king me proper mm-hmm. so i feel like it's got to be something from within the past 10 years <laughs> <laughs> past 10 years of the podcast <laughs> It must be. It must. It simply must be. Something that's come out within the past 10 years, probably, right? Like, Yeah. Do you have an answer ready while I look this over? Like, do you know? I mean, so I I was trying to think this, think of this also. Uh, I know, like, I mean, I know you're a big Mr. Harrigan's phone head. Uh, Yeah, that's that's got to be in contention. It's it's really uh, up there as one of the worst. Um, if we're not, you know, if I'm counting Joe Hill stuff, that lock and key is fucking terrible. Jesus, yeah, yeah. Um, ooh, but you know what? Castle Rock also really bad. Castle Rock season two specifically yes. um, might be the most maddening thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Diary of Ellen Rimbauer. I remember that being a real fucking snoozer. What was? What is that? <laughs> we've we've had this conversation recently too. I know it. I remember Rimbauer. Asking, I remember uh, saying KS Rimbauer. So remember uh, when we did Rose Red that miniseries? Like yeah, uh, yeah. This is so a, Ellen Rimbauer oh. was like the prequel to that. Oh, yeah. 
I'm looking. I'm, re- I'm reminding you of bad times. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at the IMDb page, and oh, oh, yeah, that's that's really bad. I I do think I think Mr. Harrigan's phone is the worst. Maybe that's recency bias, but yeah. that was such a nothing hour and a half of my life. That was yeah, or that longer, one was right? Really fucking bad. That one, on top of everything, it's longer than a half an hour and a half. Yeah. I would really have to fucking look into this and see like We what, should um, we should rank every single one. Well, we're going to at the end at of the end episode. of this episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, was was the Tommy Knockers bad? I mean, it's not good, but mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't put it in my like worst. Right, because that one's that one's wacky. At least, it, yes, there there are wacky bits that that see like the eighties and nineties had like wacky shit going on. Yeah, so, and that they could like you could fall back on a- after two thousand, after nine eleven. I think it really <laughs> that was that was the problem. The yeah, a, a plane has struck the good adaptations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. I think I actually think okay. So here's like another game I want to play where I just say remember, eh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and say remember Dolan's Cadillac. Oh man, wait! Remember when it was like it, Dolan's Cadillac had that like Looney Tunes setup where like was it Wes Bentley? He set he sets up like a uh, like a construction <laughs> yeah. site fucking thing and like makes makes Dolan's Cadillac fall into this hole in the ground <laughs> yeah that's pretty psychotic um, yeah i think creep show three was unbearably oh, bad right yeah overall Oof, that one was really bad overall maybe the worst thing we've watched yeah. might be um what's the what was the, like the someone made a music video for a poem something a ch- paranoid oh, a chant yeah i think that's yeah, yeah. that that short film yeah, yeah. yeah that was that was the worst yeah. thing that we've watched honestly um, the more i think about it like it, it didn't hit me as hard at the time but i think 11 22 63 has to be one of the worst and uh, i th- 11 oh you liked that when we no. watched it oh yes all right we're going back all right, we're re- we're rewatching everything. We're, that's it. We're going full Judnall Crandall, and we're just gonna stay in a loop and rewatch everything. Not we're, it's not a gunslinger loop. It's a Judd Crandall loop. Right. It's a Judd Crandall loop. It's very different. And then 1922 is another one where I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, that one was rough. That was Turk City. Um, Can you believe that? What's her name from uh, Deadwood would deface herself like that by associating with that movie? Uh, who is it's a fancy wife yeah yeah fancy wife I can't remember her huh. name or her character yeah yeah, yeah 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 I think her name on Deadwood might be I want to say Ellen Rimbauer <laughs> uh huh um, do you have yeah. do you have a favorite oh Orgy University yeah of course <laughs> All the tits I mean, and dicks? Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. ironically, it's the one that I've jacked off to least out of all of these. <laughs> remember? Wow. We've... Remember apt pupil? 
<laughs> How could you forget, right? That that that's the thing. I feel like this is this almost feels like one of those episodes of like old sitcoms where they're like, "All right, we're not yeah, gonna write anything." Yeah, just a clips, just a clip show. It's a clip show. It's like everybody's sitting around a room. Like, remember when we, you know, yeah, had a bake sale and it got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so the uh, not to keep listing bad stuff. That's not fun. Sure, um, but I think. <laughs> As you've mentioned recently, like something in the Corn Kids franchise has to rank pretty high. And then also, I feel like there must have been like a Carrie remake along the way that was really bad, although I can't remember for sure. Yeah, Carrie 2013 is really bad. Uh, the one with uh, Chloe Moretz, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Is that the, also uh, the one with Julianne Moore or is that the other one? I think no, that's the one with Julianne Moore. Right. Should have been better. Should have been better. Should have been better. Um, yeah. What fucking like the Mangler three is really bad. I don't remember that at all. That's man. I remember too much about all of these. (laughs) I'm. I feel bad that you have to remember. And I just get to be born yesterday. <laughs> it doesn't seem right. Yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah. I'm <laughs> you're this. It, it, yeah. It's like Vietnam or you're like, nah, I'm moving on. And I'm like, I can't move on. <laughs> I, can't. <laughs> I still see it. Yeah, I, I still see it. I know. Um, okay. You want to focus on pet cemetery, uh, Bloodlines. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, a pet cemetery. He, 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 he. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the uh, Wikipedia for this movie also, it says that the producers and director and whatnot are, are in talks. They've been talking a lot about making more movies to expand the universe. Please. That's the issue. The, uni- <laughs> the universe. The universe is small. <laughs> the... Oh my god, we can't... What if it was just an allegory? <laughs> what if it just what? got to be what it was, and you just didn't read... Just, oh my god, why do we need no. to know? What if we know, though? What if... Oh, wait a second, Dan. What about this? What if we find out that there are actual parallel universes, and that everything that takes place in the original Pet Cemetery and the remake... Are uh, all actually happen? They're just in oh, yeah. the multiverse. And what if it's all canon? It's and, all canon. And what if a posthumous CGI'd Fred Gwynn emerges through one of the Doctor Strange circles? Yes. <laughs> and he says, uh, "Looks like you could use a little help." <laughs> on, on your left there, cop. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, could you that, imagine that Thanos fella seems like bad news. Could you imagine all the Judd Crandall's fighting side by side with the Spider-Man? Yeah, it's uh it, it's like across the the Spider-Verse, but they're all they're all Crandall's. <laughs> they're all different Crandall's. Across uh, the Judson-verse. <laughs> Judson verse. <laughs> Judson. 
All right. <laughs> Judd Crandall. Mm, uh, so. So, uh, so uh, our our smoking hot couple here. They're driving down the street, and uh, that crow uh, smashes into their windshield. Call smash, and then and then they get out of the car. Uh, that's the other thing too. The editing in this movie is very bad. Um, <laughs> they get out of the car, and they're like, "Did you hit uh, the Norma's like? Did you hit the dog?" And he's like, "No, I didn't hit him." And then they get out of the car, and then there, they, there's the dog out front, and like, it was, it's not established that there's a dog there. It's just kind of, I don't know, a little sloppy, but whatever. Um, we, this is, so we see Hendrix the dog, and they go to pet him, and he snaps at them because mm. he's undead. Yes. Um, and then being undead, the dog, very similar symptoms to rabies. Very similar. Yeah. Um. Then he, uh, the dog, uh, walks back to his house, and uh, Judd and Norma follow, uh, just to, I guess, make sure the dog gets home safe. And then, uh, you know, they see Timmy. He's like in the inside, like the porch. It's all dark, and you could like barely sort of see him through the screen. Yep. You were saying this before, like that. It is like kind of. It's. It's a good shot. It's yeah. like an affecting sort of shot. Yeah, the screen's um, like splotchy and dirty too, so it really like distorts his face very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's talking to them and just being mean, just being very mean. He is being mean. He's calling them like you know, he's giving them the business about not going to war. Mm-hmm. Um, which <laughs> is, I mean, it is all kind of like, it's funny. Like Timmy, uh, you know, he came back from war obviously very disturbed and ended up killing himself. And that's when his dad brings him back to life. Um, but, but they're both like, Judd, you should go to war too. <laughs> it's, you're too much of a little bitch. That <laughs> yeah, they've, um, they've taken the wrong lessons away from I feel like they may have taken the wrong lessons away. Well, with, I mean, with David Duchovny's character, it makes sense in like a, why did it have to be my boy? Not you. You. you yeah, you I guess. But Crandall. It's, I mean, whatever. But yeah. yeah, it's, and then I guess right with. You don't take that out on the boy, I think, you know. Maybe you don't, no, no. Do it, t- tell it to your undead son. Yeah, um, tell it to your, un- or like getting fucking Henry Thomas's face about it. You yeah. Know? Whatever. Right. Like, that's what should have happened. Like, there should have been like some sort of a, because I, I, I don't even think like, do Henry Thomas and David Duchovny have a scene together before like the end no like the climax right i'm pretty sure they don't there's like a scene i think where henry thomas shows up on their property and david duchovny like pumps his rifle and he's like get the hell right. off my property but that but that is like that leads into the, the what yes. turns into the finale yes right so like it would have made more sense if early on like you know, even if like David Duchovny saw, you know, Judd Crandall, Judd and Norma are leaving town. So Judd's parents take them out to lunch at the burger joint. Lunch low. And they're having a yeah, lunch low. And and they're having like a nice time. And then, you know, uh, David Duchovny like sees them having like a family moment or whatever. And he, he gets like, 
you know, mad and and he confronts Henry Thomas about it. Yeah. You know, something, something. Mm. He's um, there. He's there with Timmy and Timmy's got like a big plate of entrails in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just flies buzzing everywhere. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Looking on bitterly at the Crandalls as the waitress puts down a second plate of entrails. For Timmy. Here's your second plate of entrails. Uh, keep those entrails coming. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, no, it's, it's so weird. Cause like <coughs> the thing with Judd allegedly, I mean like it's, you know, the dynamic between him and his dad is that his dad like is going out of his way to protect him at every turn. Yeah. But everyone else in town talks to Judd like he's just a peer, you know, they're like, they, yeah. there's no misgivings about like telling him the score about right. How his dad kept him out of the draft. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, I don't know. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, so, they're, they're standing there. They're talking to Timmy through the screen. And then uh, Hendrix, the dog, attacks Norma and bites her arm. Um, it's pretty gruesome. It's a lot of blood. Um, uh, Judd is trying to, like, you know, open the dog's mouth. Can't get the dog's mouth open. He's calling for Timmy to call the dog in. Um, just standing there watching for a while. Right. And uh, I think what ends up happening is Judd has to stick a finger in the dog's ass to break the <laughs> the, the lockjaw. Is that right? I thought Timmy just shot a gun. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> easy mistake. Yeah. <laughs> the two things I'm always confusing. <laughs> right. Four I, I dead just, I know. in finger up the ass incident. I just I know that like if a pit bull is attacking, you know, to break like the lockjaw. Why a pit they bull? They say it is uh, because pit bulls have like lockjaw, and people think that pit bulls are. Uh, Wait, pit bulls have lockjaw? Yeah, like when they bite down, when they clamp oh. down. Yeah, it's like, you know, they uh, they like. I mean, sometimes they have to break the dog's jaw, <gasps> and I know it's sad. It's this is sad. Oh stuff. God. Uh, but you could avoid that by sticking a, a finger in the bum. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know yeah. that that has practical applications as well. <laughs> so they uh, they they take um, uh, Norma to the hospital, and she. I don't know why she. This is like an an uh, inpatient, uh, you know, injury here. Like she got bit in the arm, and they like. They, they treat the wound and they wrap it and they do all that. And then he's like, and he's like, the nurse oh. says you have to stay here for three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like what? For observation, <laughs> I guess. Was it like a rabies scare? Is that what, the, is that what they were trying to get across? I have no idea, but like, I'm not going mean, to, I'm not going to write the rest of the script for you. Yeah. Miss I'm not beers. Do your homework. Come on. Sorry, um, beers. And then while Judd is there, he sees Manny, who uh, he cut himself when he was uh, getting high out in the field with his sister and saw a bloody sunflower. He um, saw bloody sunflower. Oi. He saw. Oi. Oi, I'm going to cut down all those bloody sunflowers. I'm going to drink a whole bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's what we end up finding out, right? What we end. So like the Illuminati thing, um, 
we find out that Henry Thomas is part of it. Pam Greer, um, the mayor. Uh, what's his name? Hannibal Benson. Yeah, Mayor Hannibal Benson. <laughs> and who, there was a fourth guy. The sheriff? Maybe it's the sheriff. Um, they're all like part of the... Uh, this. The, they're a bookhouse boys. They, they're essentially like a, a crummier version of the bookhouse boys who are like, who have to like protect the town from the darkness in the woods. Mm. Um, Just move. Also. All right. Here's my pitch for protecting the darkness in the woods. Mm. All right. Um, first off, you go to that pet cemetery where all those like stakes are and everything. You pull all those up. All right. You take away any sort of identifying yeah. uh, markers for that area, yes. right? Start there. <laughs> then we we just we just pile on trash. We just put a mountain of beer cans right there. Yeah, instead of just like a stupid booby trap or in a deadfall. Yep. That's it. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's it. That's the thing. Like the more that's the problem with adding like lore to this story is like the whole way it works is just by keeping it so incredibly simple that like a man ignores every obvious warning because he's so overcome (laughs) with his own grief right and i i mean i know in the original it was like very difficult to get to the pet cemetery that was like a major thing was like like uh judd crandall had to like be uh the guy's guide yes and like all right we have to climb over this fucking thing and then through this river and you know uh whatever um i don't remember what it was in 2019 but i thought it was a little bit more complicated than just like oh yeah it's like right over there yeah i think so this one everything is just right over there in this one Everyone, right. everyone's just right over there the entire time. It's like, <laughs> yeah, in the Where, house. Where's Ludlow? Oh, he's like right he's over, right there. over he's there. Eating, yeah. uh, yeah, he's eating a guy. It's like, yeah, Timmy. Oh, Timmy's. Uh, well, we're in the house. Timmy's right over there, though. He's got the upper hand. He's right over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ever? Yeah. Also, sorry. Are we trying? We're going beat by beat. I don't know. We could go. I'm we could thinking, do whatever we want. It's it. This is our party. It, this is, a, this is it's the last day of school, baby. We can do whatever we want. Und- I can't stress this enough. Shows the show's still going. <laughs> show's still going. But it's the last day of this semester. Right. And there will be no break. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I you want to talk about the bad editing? Does it yes. get worse than when Manny is laying on the tripwire and it cuts back to a flashback of his sister basically being like, "Come with me." And then he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Right. His sister who's dead at that point. And he's just like, yes, he's just like emoting grief. And they clearly were like, well, no one's going to know what he's upset about as though he didn't just have the worst day of his life. Right. Let him freaking suffer. There yeah. is also like at that point in the movie. Uh-huh. Did you also kind of feel like, wow, everything does just sort of break for Judson Crandall. Yeah. Like everybody else is dead in the world except for yeah. him. Everybody else is dead or laying on a landmine. <laughs> I also like his solution where he's like, I'm going to go get Timmy. 
take this flare gun. If I don't come back, shoot it. Someone's bound to see it. <laughs> Wait, I want can you I to shoot it now or do I have to wait? <laughs> I have to. Yeah. I'm sure if you shoot this flare into this wooded area, yeah. it'll be good. It'll be good for you. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's like, yeah, the juxtaposition of Judd and Norma, like embracing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the two, the two hotties just like getting everything right. they wanted. And then Manny yes. crying on a landmine because his sister died. <laughs> <laughs> life ain't that, fair that i mean that moment was crazy confounding it would have been confounding. stupid if he had blown himself up it's even dumber that he didn't yes yeah. <laughs> I, I all right yeah yeah let's uh, fill pressing in, on let's here fill in the gap i mean this yeah. uh so uh at a certain point timmy uh pam greer and timmy uh, have this like interaction and she like she knows what's up she knows that like oh he's an undead and he calls the mayor um Hannibal Benson and <laughs> they uh they they have a meeting at the diner with Henry Thomas um the sheriff uh, the mayor is there um they're waiting for Pam Greer and as soon as Pam Greer gets off the phone with the mayor to like set up the meeting or whatever uh Hendrix the dog attacks her and she shows up to the diner with like a huge like scratch taken out of her face. Yeah. And she says, kill that fucking dog. Right. And OK, so at this point in the movie, it's maybe it's like half an hour in or something. I'm like, oh, is this movie going to get like weird and silly? Like, right. Pam Greer showing up to the diner with like half of her face missing and then saying like, I killed that yeah, fucking delivering dog. a punchline. Right. It is like, oh, OK, whoa. All right. Is if this is the gear that we're shifting into, I'm for it. Sure. Let's fucking go. But and no. it does it doesn't do that. <laughs> it doesn't do that at all. Um. Yeah. What else? Uh. Fucking. We get that scene where like Timmy is weird in front of like that that party. Right? <laughs> oh right. Where, yeah. There's like a the Manny and Donna. There's like Donna's throwing a party at their house. Yeah. And again, man, Donna's like, dance with me, brother. <laughs> and they do like a cute little flirty dance. Dance with me, brother. Dance with me, brother. Yes, sister. <laughs> and they dance to what seems like all of Runaround Sue. Yeah, the whole song. The whole song. And then. I mean, it's only two two minutes and 20 seconds. It's that's true. Some snappy. That's true. Um <laughs> But then as Donna is sort of like dancing around, she bumps into Timmy, who's just standing there. He's like, I want to dance. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. Um, and it's so weird. But he's like he comes out of nowhere and he's like, I want to dance. And then he just kind of like grabs her and starts dancing and, you know, being very weird. And nobody really does anything about it until it escalates to like a, a groping you know. situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then like, I don't know. And then, you know, Timmy, uh, Timmy also somehow knows uh, like people's like weird sort of secrets like Tim. That's you know, like, man. Yeah, I am. So we talked about we've talked on and on and on about like the the monster is trauma. Yeah, I we've hit on an even lazier trope, which is uh. the the thing that is scary about this monster is that it knows what's scary uh, done to death oh wait i'm sorry um 
you uh, be right back here. Pam Greer, when she she uh, sits down, she essentially says, "Fuck you, dog." <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the monster knows what scares you. Like it should be the monster that scares right? you. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like when oh, when oh no I think you've <laughs> I think you've, you've uh you've lost the plot here the monster <laughs> is just a guy that's done his research like <laughs> yeah he's like uh he's a mentalist yeah like he just <laughs> like when when it does it yeah first of all it's having a ton of fun with it where it's like we have like goofy set pieces and stuff and right. like. And he's- does a little dance. Does a little dances. <laughs> There's like a, a Looney Tunes quality to it. This is literally just like someone telling you what you're scared of. Just being yes. like, like Donna, after she gets pet cemeteried. Yeah. Says to Manny, she's just like, you're going to, you're not, you're nothing. You're a nobody. Uh, you're going to die in this town. Um, Which like. She she never said that to him when he was yeah. alive. So it's like, why is he having such a hard time understanding what's happening here? Also? Yeah, I guess. Is it also like the whole thing with like Manny not leaving town or whatever, right? Like, so Judd, his girlfriend, Manny, Donna, they all seem to be like in their early 20s, right? Yeah. Give or take like, a year like or two. 18, right? That's kind of. Is it 18? All right. So 18. Because like Manny's so just. Or I guess not necessarily just eligible for the draft, but he just got drafted. That oh, could, he did get drafted. Didn't I he? I missed that part. I think so. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Maybe. But anyway, yeah, no, they're all, they're young. They're like late teens, early So 20s. wait, at the end of this movie, when Manny drives off, is he driving to Vietnam? I, maybe he's driving <laughs> to Canada. <laughs> okay. Good. I don't know. I Although I guess if you, you could probably get like an exception, like a medical exception, be like... Yeah. Uh, my sister bit my hand. <laughs> yeah, I can't go to. I can't go to war. I got bit by my sister. Yeah, I can't go to war. <laughs> I can't go to war this week. Uh, <laughs> look at all of my awards from army. <laughs> um, um. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Donna. Uh, so Donna gets uh, pet cemeteried, right? She uh, is attacked by um, Timmy. And Timmy like kills her in the in the sunflower field. Right? Yeah, which another thing where it's like, what's the significance of the sunflower? I guess it Not, just looks looks zero kind of cool, but it, also it, feels corn adjacent. Sorry, it does. It does. Sorry, it's corn it adjacent. Um, yeah. So, uh. Donna is uh, is dead, right? And she gets pet cemeteried. And then Donna goes to the hospital, I guess day four of Norma's stay for her her wound. Yeah. Um, so this hospital, is it like, it's some sort of religious thing, right? It's like a... Like a saint whoever's hospital. Yeah, right? Yeah. There are like crosses and whatnot. Um it's a huge building. It's a hospital. Uh, there seem to be only be about two people that work there. Um, there's a, when Norma is like running down the hall, she's, she asks that one guy for help who is clearly, uh, in there for like mental issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like a guy who's like, you know, just sort of like, uh, 
stumbling around like maybe it's good that, tiny steps yeah maybe it's good that norma doesn't leave town yeah i think that <laughs> i think the world would eat her alive do you think this is just like a uh, a mental institution that like judge like back in the like the 50s and 60s like people like husbands when they were like oh, done, yeah, it was done like, with their wives they would commit their wives to institutions where they couldn't leave yeah he was like somebody had to check them he out he was like a dog almost tore her arm off and she really overreacted she would not stop <laughs> yeah, crying she was, she was hysterical hysterical yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, i just gonna, can't deal i need you to yeah get her on a steady diet of morphine and <laughs> yeah keep her here um so donna goes to the hospital um when she walks in, the nurse is uh, startled by her. Um, She's looking a little worse for wear. Yeah, Donna. I mean, she just came out of the ground. Um, uh, you know, Norma like brings her over, sits her down. T- it goes to like start washing her, her feet. F- yeah, starting with the feet. I, Let's take care of these feet. <laughs> real. I mean, you start with the fucking. You start with the face. No, <laughs> you would think, <laughs> like, but probably a harder uh, vision, harder, harder effect to do. Yeah, because yeah. and then you have to like nobody's gonna. We're not gonna shoot her feet from from here on out. So like we don't have yeah. to worry about that effect yeah. moving forward. <laughs> That's right. Um, um, so yeah, as Norma is uh, in a very biblical way, <laughs> anointing uh-huh. her feet. She uh, she like runs a rag, a wet rag across and the skin just pulls right off. Yeah, she's got a gross foot now. <laughs> she does have a gross. Foot. And this, of course, scares Norma seeing a gross foot. It's enough to strike fear in anyone's heart. Yeah, she gets totally freaked out. She starts running um, and then like there's uh, the laziest sort of like chase through this hospital yeah they so like donna's doing kind of like an it follows like she's not really running after her like in the i don't have to run way um they yeah it's really just like very visually boring like norma runs up a staircase and donna's at this point chasing her with a scalpel and like Uh, a little nod to the original pet cemetery i guess yeah. When 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 the wee baby Gage uh, sliced Judd Crandall's Achilles tendon, which knowing that that happens to this Judd Crandall makes it a little bit better. <laughs> knowing how this this character You're like good, yeah. Um, that's I mean that's the issue with prequels though is like oh well good for him he's won the day but. Uh, I know what happens to right. him ultimately, right. and it's horrendous. Yeah, in a in a <laughs> in a, uh, like a horror prequel like this. Yeah, that's very weird. Also, after everything that happens in this movie, the idea that fifty years later Judd Crandall yeah go back and do this <laughs> like what are you talking totally about? Totally insane. Like you just can't help yourself. Yeah, it's just like, ah, I thought it would be different this yeah. time. I thought it, like, worked itself out. No. Well, All right. Uh, he's like, it'll be different. I'm different. I have a main accent now. Yeah, yeah. I've been working on my... I've been here in this town now for so long. In this town now. Uh, I've been here yeah, in this town now for so long. <laughs> I I agree. Um, I agree with all of it. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, oh, sorry. The strain note. Yeah, 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 yes. Because... Samantha Mathis, technically in this yeah. film. 
Technically, she is in this film. Yeah. Talk about a loose thread. How about when they show uh-huh. that like mark on her leg? Yes. And then never bring it up again. What is it? I don't know. Did you also think for a second, like, oh, is she Pet yes. Cemetery? I 100%. And, and, and like, every night, Henry Thomas just puts like a ton of makeup on her. <laughs> it's like a, he's like a mortician. Yeah. Like he's do it in the morning, like though, right? I'll do it at night. Yeah. No, I thought the same thing. And then, yeah, I totally forgot about that because uh, the movie also totally forgot about that. Um, so, uh, right, there's this lazy chasing. Oh, it, Donna catches Norma, um, and they're in, like, this small room, and she, like, chokes Norma out uh, up against the wall. And it's it cuts before we see what actually happens to Norma. I just want to say right? what happens. Yeah. Instead of killing her. Yeah. And turning her into a pet cemetery. Yep. They just bind and gag her. Okay. And put her in a pile of mud. They. They. They bury her underground. But where she is, is like hollowed out. Yes. Also, it's like, where is she? (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) Right. Was that that wasn't clear? No, it wasn't. Um, Yeah, it's unclear where she is. It's I maybe she's in the the pet cemetery and they're like, oh, we're going to what happens if we kill her in the grave? I but like the idea that for one, they like they have some other sort of weird strategy besides killing everybody and pets and turning them into a pet cemetery. Yeah. And and like. Her being underground, right? She is underground. Yes. Which... And then water starts, like, flowing into this, like, cavity that she is in, right? So she is in danger of drowning in this hole, but not suffocating. Yes. Right? Right. She's in, like, a little cave. Like, a little underground chamber. But it's not... Like it, it, there's just it. She's just covered in it, dirt. It is like, like there's just yes. dirt over top. It's like a cartoon hole where yes. that just like doesn't collapse in on itself for no reason. Right, and then like the whole fucking. But we're we're about to get to the fucking so the climax. I think the finale. I, let's. I think we can speed run through the climax. Honestly, just at least well, the the part where everyone gets picked off. Well, that's okay. So yes. Um, at at David Duchovny's house, right? Um, Henry Thomas is there. Uh, Manny shows up. Pam Greer, the mayor, uh, the sheriff, and Judd, right? Mm-hmm. And they all and and finally David Duchovny, um, he like he's like, no, I gotta, we're, we're gonna kill him. We should kill him. You're right. Um, you know, it was wrong of me to bring him back, and you know, I. Yeah, I am responsible for this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it turns into this like uh like haunted house kind of thing where people are like moving through these spaces and then like Timmy pops up from somewhere and kills them. Right. Um he kills Yeah, go on, go on. I was just gonna say, like, maybe the only thing hackier than the let's split up is getting mad at the let's split up. But I was so mad at the let's split up. Like, 
Because at this point, well, you're setting up like a, they basically are like, all right, well, this movie's it part two now. The adults have to confront the fear monster that they didn't kill when they were kids. Yeah. Got it? (laughs) Um, Okay. And then they immediately split up. So it's like, what are we doing here? Is it like the power of the group or is it not? And it's just not anything. Honestly, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna punch it up. With uh, we can wait till we're done with the plot to do right. punch up. But yeah, yeah. Um, so and then so David Duchovny says he's gonna. They're gonna light. He, the plan is to light fire to these things and like burn him. Also, why and is like, that the plan? You gotta take their eyes out. They say it five times. You gotta shoot them in the eyes. You have to shoot them in the eyes. That's the only way it works. That's the only way to kill them. Which like. We have not. This is this is the first time I'm hearing of this. That is not <laughs> right. That's not Pet Cemetery. That's not canon. in any of the other movies. Yeah. None of them. Uh, so they all split up, right? They get picked off like sort of one by one. Um, then Manny, Judd, and Henry Thomas are in the in the house. Um, they hear a noise. Henry Thomas goes to check on it. And then Donna comes out of nowhere with the scalpel. She starts attacking them, starts attacking Manny and like slicing at him. I think she even like she goes for the leg. She goes for that Achilles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, "Mm, I just really want to slice into that. (laughs) Oh, I want to do my signature move. It's my move. It's my finishing move. I'm a pet cemetery. (laughs) Damn it. I got to do my move. And the whole time he's uh, Manny's being attacked. He's telling Judd not to shoot her. Don't shoot. Don't kill her. Blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Henry Thomas comes out of nowhere and and shoots her right, and then uh, you know he he like he's going to help Manny and then like Judd and whatever and he's like uh, you know he says you know, you know okay and he goes you know fellas I've been thinking about it and yep. to me sometimes dead is bad oh. Big old and gun through the stomach. Donna takes the shotgun and stabs him in the back through the stomach with the shotgun. Yes. Also was like, is super strength ever? I guess. No. Kind of, well, fighting the baby gauge. Baby gauge is pretty strong for a baby. I guess. But I that to me always just seemed like a relentless undead sort of like. That's what I thought it was. It was just like you're, he's dead. You can't kill him until you like kill him. Yeah. You know, you can't. There's no stopping it. Right. Um, well, yeah, in baby gauges case, you could just put your hand on his forehead and you'd be like, yeah, yeah. Swing his little biscuit <laughs> dough hands at you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Henry Thomas is killed in the weirdest way. And then um, uh, Manny shoots Donna in the eye, killing her. Um so and then David Duchovny comes in and he sees everything and he's like, uh, uh, guys, the house is on fire. We got to go. <laughs> he says the house is on fire. I have an idea. Let's go to the basement. Let's go. To yeah, the let's cellar. Go, let, yeah, yeah. Let's get down in the basement. Uh, they go down to the basement and they find that Timmy has been quite busy. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's a, a little. His, Andy I was going to say he's in his Dufresne bag. Yeah, I'm in my Dufresne era. Honestly, (laughs) this is kind of the perfect movie to end the King run on. 
because it's like a little bit yeah, of everything. Yeah, it is like a, it is a DMT release. It's all just flooding I, <laughs> out. I kind of, I honestly, I kind of thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, we're hitting like a lot of the same fucking, yeah. uh, like the big beats here. Yeah, it's all um, all my friends, the, the tropes, yep. except everyone's hot now. Yeah, it's it's the uh, the scene at the end of uh, Big, Big Fish. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, imagine <laughs> burying a fish in the pet cemetery. Oh no, oh. that's one evil fish. Yeah. <laughs> it's really all you can say. <laughs> oh no, well just don't go near it. It's just don't go near that fish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so there, there's this like very elaborate tunnel system under the house. Uh, I, I mean, hilarious. <laughs> like, like the fact that like, like you need an, uh, like some sort of a an uh, excavator or something to make a tunnel like this. That like I felt like in, I was at. Uh, I feel like I felt like I was at uh, Habad Lubavitch. What is that? As the. Uh, the like Hasidic Jewish building that oh. they found the tunnels under. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I get, that is kind of, that's, it's very similar to that, isn't it? Sorry. I just, it's hard to hear the word tunnel right now and not think of the, the, not think the of, crazy tunnel story. I saw somebody on Twitter. They were like, uh, they had tweeted out like a year or two ago. Like, I hear Jews under yes! my apartment. Yeah, they're like, I hear people speaking Hebrew, Yiddish. Yiddish yeah, yeah. yeah, that's and, and everybody was like, like, what? You're out of your fucking yeah, mind, the, man. The, like, the NYPD being like, this is our fifth hundredth call of the day, five hundredth call <laughs> yeah. of the day with someone being like, I hear Jews in my walls. Uh, yeah, and now he's like justified. <laughs> <laughs> It's, <laughs> you owe me an apology, Internet. Oh, my God. It's so strange. So, so strange. It's, we live in the weirdest <laughs> fucking time. It's just the weirdest. It's there's a, there's so much. The video of the guy popping out of the like from of behind. The the, yeah. From behind the, like mill, the newspaper stand or whatever. Dude. What? <laughs> so, so I saw that whatever that was like last week or whatever it was no it was like the tunnel yesterday oh wait really yeah i saw that before the tunnels were like tiktok yeah 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 everything that you see on like instagram reels is like five days late i know um yeah i saw it whatever like earlier this week or this past weekend or something i saw that video of the Hasidic jewish guy like climbing out from like the grate in the sidewalk and somebody filming it, like being like, "What the fuck? That's weird." <laughs> huh, usually, people don't come up that way. <laughs> yeah, usually that's not the way that they do that. And then, yeah, and then like a day later, they're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, okay. Bloodlines. Yeah, back to the fictional tunnel system. Right. So there's this whole tunnel system, and then, right. Uh, uh, so Judd, Manny, and uh, David Duchovny, they're they're going through there. They're trying to find Timmy. The plan is to kill him. Um, David Duchovny like finds Timmy, and he like Timmy's like there, right? And he's like leaned up against like 
you know, he he's not in an advantage sort of position. Yes. We'll say, right? And and David Duchovny has a gun on him and he's like about to kill him. And I think we hear a shot, but then when we uh when they go over there, they see that David Duchovny is dead and his stomach, uh, his soft belly has been opened up. Yeah. Um <laughs> Eat it up. Yeah, just grab a quick snack. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, so, and I, then, yeah, so Judd and Manny get out of the hole, they're in the woods, um, Manny gets like, he, they're standing there and they're like, oh, we gotta find Timmy, blah, 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 and then Manny gets like pulled out of like nowhere, there's this whole like, the way that they're shooting Timmy now is like, he's uh, Rambo, it, it, well, he is Rambo, but like the, the actual like, uh, oh, the speed yes. is like ramped up, yeah, he, right? he's super fast so, now. Yeah, he's super fast. So he drags Manny like through the woods, and then like, uh, like I said, like places him basically on this uh, landmine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which again, like, we, yeah, I guess you know, I guess he's along with digging tunnels, he's been planting landmines. Well, as well, that feels yeah, that is so so. First of all, we all know that part of the decomposition project process. First, there's rigor, rigor mortis sets in. Then, yeah. uh, you know, uh, your soft tissues start decaying and then you get super fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For a little while ago, really fast. But that's the thing. It's like the, you can't have it both ways where he's like this, like animal, barely alive, just like feeding right. thing. And then also have him be doing like stuff he learned in the military. It's right. It. It, it it doesn't make no, any sense. And, no, it. I don't know. It, it's a, right. It just doesn't. And if you're gonna um, do that, have him say, "Looks like barbecue's back on the menu." When he puts him on sure. the mine, have him say, "Yeah, yeah barbecue's yeah. on the menu." Barbecue's on the menu. Boys, boys. Uh, Is that from something uh, specific? Uh, yeah. It's from Lord of the Rings. It looks like something is back on the menu, boys. Oh, the orc one says the, it, right? Yeah, one of the orcs say it. <laughs> That's yeah. weird. Is that in the book? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it, <laughs> it is. It must be. <laughs> um, so Judd, uh, right, like he finds Manny, right? We we said that like a whole scene with the flare gun. He's like, all right, here, take the flare gun. I'm gonna go find him when I, you know, if I don't come back, fire off a flare gun, and get help. Um. So they see Manny like cross this like small little creek and like cross over to the other side and go into the woods. And so Judd like starts crossing this creek, which is like waist high water. And then like the camera goes below the surface and you just see like Manny is just down there. Just like uh, the movie. Which- it's like Silver Bullet. Oh, I wasn't going to say Silver Bullet, but it can be like it can be just like Silver Bullet. I was going to say, no, like the movie, the Nazi Hunter movie we watched last week. Oh, Steve well, yeah, Sisu. Yeah, I was. I think it's like Silver Bullet when they're in the fog, and that one lady says, "Are you gonna make lemonade in your pants?" <laughs> I ain't scared. That's what her husband I ain't says. Scared. Um, yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> we had it so good, huh? We did. Um, we really did. So, uh, yeah, fucking. Uh, Timmy, he grabs Judd. There's a fight. 
you know, he Timmy gets the upper hand. He's about to drown Judd. And from uh, like 30 yards away, yeah. Manny laying on the landmine takes the flare gun. Yep. And he says, sorry, Timmy. And he fires it through, incredibly accurately. Through his eye. Through his also eye. Also like silver bullet. Also like silver bullet. Very much like silver bullet. Hell yeah. And he um, similarly yeah, like looks a, pale and totally fucked up. Yeah. I mean, silver bullet. He gets a like a bottle rocket yeah. uh, fired into his eye. And this is a flare. I mean, it's, it's very similar. Very similar. You have to wonder if it's a deliberate nod. Yeah. And all while, while this is all going on, we keep getting like uh keeps cutting to Norma who's in this like weird hole thing that's getting filled up with mud. This hole that's nowhere. The hole that's nowhere. Then she we see her she like uh, is able to escape. Then her and Judd uh they they kiss and whatever. Um I did think that was funny. Like it's so fucked up that they're like oh I'm so, you know, but Manny is laying on a landline right now. We do have to go take yeah. care of that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the they, uh, Judd and Norma decide to stay in town to be the new guardians of the cemetery. And Manny leaves town, as he should. And, uh, and that's it? That's, uh, well... It's very similar to it, but this was Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Right. It it ends with Judd on the porch, on oh, his front right. porch. That, that long and winding voiceover. He yeah, he uh you know, he in the voiceover he says, you know, people uh you know uh, it's like uh, you don't you don't uh it's dead things, you know, like uh, people don't like when things are dead, but I don't know, sometimes. <laughs> Dead's better. And then he's like, oh, and one more thing. Stay the fuck out of Ludlow. And then a semi speeds <laughs> by as like the final yeah. jump scare. What right. a dumb, dumb way it's, to end your movie. My goodness. It's a dumb, it's a dumb movie. <laughs> it's dumb. But uh, yeah, um, I like how many other movies are in it. it it's kind of nice that yeah. I have to watch some of my favorites. Yep. I was watching it. Uh, um, should we do segments? I, our f- not final segments, but our final segments, yes. Some things will yeah. change. Yes. Yeah, uh, let's do it. This is Oh, That Hurt My Parts. Oh, That Hurts My Parts. This is Oh, That Hurts My Parts. Lot to choose from here. No shortage <laughs> of parts hurting. Yeah, my, a lot of damaged parts here. I mean, for me, it is... It starts and ends with that Judd Crandall. That, <laughs> that I mean, it's fine ass so Crandall. unbelievably miscast. Uh, you know, this fucking hunk, hunky Crandall here. <laughs> it it is it's shocking. I can't. It's shocking. Yeah. I got. You know what though. He's he's yoked. He's he's, he's fully yoked. His traps are insane. Yeah. He he's he's jacked in a way that nobody in 1969 no, was. No, you know, like Dude. even if you were like a strong guy, like uh, a fit guy, right? Like 
Paul Newman in 1969, you you still looked like a normal human yeah. being, just fit. Yeah, they didn't not have like, creat- creatine. Creatine was not widely available. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just fucking. Yeah. This is uh, the era that, where you were like, if you were that big, you were like kind of fat. You know, yeah. or you're just like everything's just like big on you. Yes. And you you weren't like muscular, but you were like powerful. Right. <laughs> you know, you were like unbelievably strong. And you know, I know this isn't a sequel to the original, but like what about Fred Gwynn says that when he was young, he was a powerhouse. But for that matter, like John Lithgow too, like Sure. You don't get like former strongman from him. He's not walking around with a cane <laughs> with like four tennis balls on the feet. That's true. That's what I think of when I think of older strongmen, mostly because of uh, well, Hulk Hogan's one friend. <laughs> Wait, who's his friend? I forget. He's on uh, Bubba the Love Sponge, right? Uh, I don't think well, I don't think it's Bubba the Love Sponge. No, right. just his his wife. It's, <laughs> There's no, it's like some former pro wrestler who was on the Hulk Hogan VH1 reality show. There's an episode where he has to watch Brooke. Is it one of the nasty boys? Maybe. I don't know what the nasty boys are, but that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> I mean, we are a couple of nasty it's boys. It's looking here. like it was one of the nasty boys. <laughs> Just looking at them in their prime. Yeah, I think it was Brian Knobs. Brian Knobs, Nasty Knobs. Nasty Knobs. What, what we used to call him. <laughs> nasty Knobs had to watch Brooke Hogan and the one who killed somebody in a car accident, whose name I can't remember. Uh-huh. And they were just yeah. acting up. He could not keep a handle on these two. But, you know, we're proud of Brookie. She's got her her, her singing career, and that's going really well. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought that uh, a professional wrestling family would be such a mess um though his you know uh the mom linda is, you know, yeah you know she uh divorced hulk and started dating one of her son's friends that's pretty uh, that's that's pretty cool that's uh, pretty fucking that's cool pretty dude fucking cool. <laughs> dude you know you know who i'm cucking right now <laughs> guess who i'm cucking right now it's you <laughs> It's you, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me let me tell you something, brother. Uh, <laughs> Can't call you, brother. Uh, yeah. So, um, wait. Did you say what hurt your parts? I did not. Um, I think I really think it might be that hospital sequence because it's like it's so so bad. much. Nothing happens. We didn't mention it, but the moment where like. You just see the nurse standing there at like the far end of the hall and Norma like trepidatiously walks over. And then we see a guy who's had his head like twisted all the way, like 360 degrees around. So it's got like a spiral. It looks like a cavatappi pasta. And and that's just like a for no reason kind of thing. Like it all just it goes nowhere. It goes on way too long. But you know what really fucking irks me? What irks your parts? Yeah, it hurts my parts across the board, across many movies, Mm -hmm. right? Is when you see like a villain or something and they do something insane like that. Like they take the guy's head and twist it 180 degrees around, right? Yeah. So 
within the context of this movie, Donna is the one who did that, right? And then when she gets Norma, like, in her hands, she, like, chokes her out with that crutch and then buries her underground. Yes. That makes no logical fucking sense when she's... She twit and then like she slits that nurse's neck and like sp- the blood spray or whatever, and uh, yeah, like brutal, right? But like you're, I, I the, it's no consistency in the evil here. <laughs> it, the movie really only seems okay with like killing the characters we've spent the least time with, because like, yeah, it, it, if you know, in terms of like making this like effective, killing Nora's the right move. Yes. And not burying David Duchovny's death is the right move. Right. Like, honestly, killing this movie should be about yeah. David Duchovny. This should just be the, yeah. the twist on this should just be instead of his infant son, it's his son who went off to war. Sure. Right. Like, yeah. that's the fix. Sorry. That's the we f- don't need. There can be a scene where yeah. he he from his point of view where he sees Young, fuckable Judd Crandall. <laughs> and he, you know, in passing is like, oh, you're Judd Crandall from later. And he's like, that's oh. right. I am. I uh, if you'll uh, excuse are me. Are you Judson Crandall? <laughs> I, yeah. I am. If you'll excuse me, I have to go oil up. And that's fine. But then like the rest make the like there's just no emotional stakes for Judd. Like like you said, right. making it a prequel. Uh, it's a huge mistake making a prequel it, about this character. Yeah. I mean like making a horror prequel in general is usually a huge mistake, you know, adding more fucking mythology right. and, you know, answering questions that nobody was asking and all that shit. Uh, but yeah, like if, if the story was about David Duchovny's character, that would have been something no. else. <laughs> yes. You know, it wouldn't have just been like, oh, remember the name Judd Crandall? We're going to keep saying it. And that's the really the only association yeah. with the original that we have. And there's just something very unsavory about making like the most powerful family in town, like the hero, you know, the people who sure cause the problem being like we are the uh, what, what's the word? We're the keepers of the problem. We're the um, stewards. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Of yes. this problem that we made and we can't end it. So we just got to control it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And it's so bleak. It's I don't know. Like, again, at least corn kids like revolution is possible. You know, yeah. <laughs> like things can get better in corn kids. They might have to get well, worse first. But yes, yes, I think so. The original, the 89, right? Even the the remake in 2019, right? These are stories about parents losing their kids. Yeah. Right? That's, like, that's the story. And, like, how devastating that is to a family and what, like, how you're, like, not in your right mind and how, like, you would do anything to bring your kid back, right? Which is what David Duchovny does here. But we... Like, we come into that story, you know, three quarters of the way through it. Already. Right. And the rest of it is about Judd Crandall, uh, you know, fucking around in town and, like, uh, you know, 
yeah, his girlfriend, and he's leaving town, and he's not, and blah blah blah, and all this, and stewards of the fucking evil, yeah. and all this other shit. Like, what? Who gives you're, a shit? Completely. Like that. The theme is loss. Like that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, and that's the character the, we follow to the the bitter end loses. I mean, his dad dies, but I don't care about his dad. <laughs> I guess right. Like his right. dad isn't even central to the story. In a lot of ways, it's like you know. There's closure because his dad has handed all of this off to him. Right. So it's like. Right. There's that scene where uh, Henry Thomas is reading the diary on that front porch, right, that his dad wrote. And it, it's it basically lays out like the whole history of the cemetery and how the families like have to guard it and how, you know, uh, he he passed this diary onto Henry Thomas. And then one day Henry Thomas will pass it on to his son. Yes. Right. I, I also think there's an issue with the fact that, um, the, the monsters are self perpetuating. Like there's no, yeah. you don't have to make that horrible, like grief stricken decision to bring someone sure. back. Right. For the yes. most part, like they just start doing right. it themselves. Yeah, right. In the original, like the the dad brings back Gage, right? Who comes back first church, then Gage, and then uh the the his wife. Yes. And he brings back his wife after Gage has already killed Judd and you know, he knows how evil yes his son is now and he's like I I still I can't fucking deal right. with it. Like I'm I'm going to bring my wife back because I am insane with grief. <laughs> right. Like that is a movie about how you cannot manage this. Yes. That's a yes. and that's like a story. Like that's a story. Th- this is that, but that is the connection though that like people like viewers, the audience, like that's the thing that you the human factor the emotion that people latch onto, that feeling of loss. If you've lost somebody, you know that feeling, and you're like, you know, not that you would bring them back and make them an evil demon person, but, like, the idea that you could bring a person back and, like, what is the cost of that Mm. is something, is an interesting sort of idea or theme to explore. And, like, people think about that. Right. But in this case, the the per, the one person who does it is relegated to the sidelines, probably because yes, you know they couldn't afford him for more right. than a couple of days or whatever. But like, but then cast you know do just do it different, just do it all different, basically. Yeah, do everything different. Yeah. Okay. But hey, it wasn't all bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is shining moments. Daddy! I mean, you know my shiny moment. It nothing's changing over here. I think there are just like a couple great shots of people looking spooky, of uh, Timmy looking spooky. That shot of him in profile, where his like abdomen is like sunken in, that yeah. looks great. That is like genuinely spooky. Yeah, um, I would I would agree with it, that. It's two seconds of the movie, unfortunately, but I think that's. My I gotta pick. say. I liked the actor who played Manny. Yeah, I thought he was he, good. I thought he was good. Um, I wish they would have given him more. I guess that's not like a shining moment. But um, I I just w- wanted well, a little bit hey, more from that character. I thought he could have 
done something with it. Not all that glimmers is gold. It can be a shiny. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, but my favorite part, I mean, I think my favorite part is when uh, Henry Thomas gets a shotgun <laughs> through the stomach. <Yeah. laughs> that's pretty funny. That's what that's what people mean when they talk about Chekhov's gun, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, check off this gun in your stomach. <laughs> All right, let's keep uh, it moving right along because I actually got to wrap it up. I hate to say. Okay. Uh, King Tropes. King Tropes. King Tropes. If you say that before you just say so, we'll add it to our running list of King Tropes. Why are all the children always evil? Why so many one letters for people? He wanted to. Why are all the children always evil? He wanted to. Why so many one letters for people? He wanted to. Why there always going to be a greaser? He wanted to. You just need to trust this guy. Go to Bloodline Device. I drive a great distance just to die. Just to die. King Tropes. <laughs> uh, I should have done it live, right? As like a. That's and right. in the style of Richard Cheese. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well. Maybe next time. Uh, King Tropes. Lots. Uh, I've got corn. Yes. I've got. Uh, tunneling. tunneling. Uh, I've got being stabbed to death with a blunt object. Yes. Um, being too romantic with your sibling in a field. Yep. That one keeps coming up. Uh, older sister leaving town, leaving, and the younger brother <laughs> feeling like he's stuck in town. For yeah. We, yeah. Um, it's a new one, but yeah. It, two makes a trope, as we say. Two makes a trope. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Colonial or, you know, uh, evil dating back to the be- the very beginning of America. That Yeah. I mean, we see that's come up quite a bit, actually. It has. And there's a way to do it artfully, <laughs> I think. And this is certainly not that. Yeah, there. This is the perfect execution. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else? What else? Uh, flawed Father Henry Thomas. It's kind of a trope at this point. <laughs> yeah, flawed Father Henry Thomas. I get. Yeah, I mean, you could call uh, the man's a damn yeah. trope. The man's a damn trope. <laughs> the man's a damn. The man's trope. a damn trope. I'm a, I'm a whole damn I'm a whole trope. Damn trope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got? Oh. Uh, Returning in adulthood to vanquish an evil from your childhood in a tunnel system. Mm. Tunnel system. That's of true. Course. Tunnel system. Secretly digging a tunnel. Yeah. Uh, Flare gun through the eye, as we as we talked about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Scary Creek. <laughs> Scary Creek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That that creek was. Uh, I mean, it was scary, but I bet during the daytime, it probably looks like that that creek from Stand By Me when they got all the leeches. Hey, how about that? A group of friends growing up and going their separate ways. Yeah. That's Stand By Me Uh, pilled. Does someone go to Vietnam in that one? Uh, Teddy? uh, Corey Feldman's character tries to, but his his burned off ear keeps keeps him out of the air. Right. That's all I have. That feels pretty good. Yeah. All right. So then uh, we're moving on to our uh, next segment. Of course, it's Where Was Slimer. 
Where the hell was this guy? It's our final installment, possibly, of Where Was Slimer. There's no reason we have to discontinue this, except that maybe it's old hat. Um, yeah. There are a lot of gore, a lot of viscera. Yeah. Did you see Slimer I, in the mix here? I didn't see any onion heads. That's interesting. Did you see any onion heads? No, hit it. knows where it was slimer the dry spell sadly continues <laughs> now yeah we need a goo spell an ecto spell go on this is our sort of combo segment uh we're still kind oh, of yeah, finding yeah. our way with this let well yeah let's you know let's do imdb just straight IMDb. up straight up and then from here on mm-hmm. out we're done with IMDb. It's it's. We're moving on to Letterbox, and, baby. And we'll have a funny name for that. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, Not to be determined we'll, now. We'll come, yeah, TBD. This TBD. is <laughs> anyway. This is IMDb. Right. Hit it. Oh. They just cheated us. They just cheated us. Unfair. This isn't fair. This is IMDb, where we compare our opinion of the movie against the weighted average user score on IMDb.com. Rob. Nine point six thousand uh, undead souls. Yep. Logged on to IMDb.com. Awarded this godforsaken movie a weighted average user score of four point six out of ten. Do you think that is an accurate assessment of pencil? Yeah, I would give it a four. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say four. Okay. Um, I, I only be like. In the past, like, six months or so, we, I feel like we've watched some real unwatchable garbage. That's fair. Yeah. And even though I'm never going to watch this again, uh, and it did take me two, <laughs> two tries yes. at it, uh, I, I, it's still, I'm still giving it a four. Yeah, I can, I can get down with that. I, I would maybe go three. doesn't really matter at all. You, you could go None three. Matters. You could go, you go fucking zero. It's the last one. <laughs> you can one. go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think in the three to four range is probably fair. It is. I stand by that. What at the yeah. beginning, I think we were saying it's like inoffensive. Yes. The more we talked about it, the angrier I got because it's like, yeah. it's just it's the more glaring everything. is. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, you start poking at it and you realize there's just like nothing in there. It's like it is. It's like a paper mache movie. Ah, it's 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 like if an animal was just made of paper mache. It's like a papier mache. Yeah, like a paper mache mask of an animal. Oh, maybe. that's interesting. Yeah, be a, maybe this is a good movie. That would be a cool art project to put on display in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> so we agree. Not very good. Not the worst. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. I guess Perfect. that brings us to our final segment. Final, final segment. This is Show's Over. Show's Over. This is Show's Over. And kind of truly, this this iteration of the show is over. It's over. Yeah. And look, we'll be back as new things come out. Obviously, we'll put on our tiny, tiny glasses, our Stephen King glasses, and we'll (laughs) reevaluate, you know. Uh, Yeah. The glasses are getting very (laughs) tiny. Remember glasses watch (laughs) did not have the legs. I thought it did. (laughs) I'm brave enough to admit that. But yeah. um, Yeah. 
we'll we'll be back, but next time on the main feed. Yeah. I think we're just yep. jumping into the flan man, right? Yep. Next uh in two weeks we're gonna be doing uh Absention uh, from Flanagan, his first feature. And then um yeah, and then we're we're gonna go through his uh, his whole like his filmography, his uh, his, his miniseries is his oeuvre, his oeuvre again, his oeuvre. Um, yeah, guys, if you uh, if you're into that, fucking you know, stick come around. on back. It's basically the same. It's gonna it's be the basically same. the same, except he doesn't have Listen, to. We're the same guys. Uh, hey, just... <laughs> it's still us. You're two dads. <laughs> we just because we're. Uh, just because we live in separate yeah. houses now doesn't mean that we <laughs> don't love you, yeah. you know, just as much as we did before. We mostly only lived in separate houses, although <laughs> not always. No. <laughs> um, yeah, just because we're consciously uncoupling from Stephen King doesn't mean we love you any less. Um, also, on Tuesdays, we're still going to be doing our, our Twin Peaks run. And then yep. again... You get some fun bonus content. I think we're going to be starting David Lynch soon. Yes, uh, we're going to be doing the David all of the David Lynch uh, filmography over on the Patreon. Yes, sir, and that's Patreon.com/slash KingMePod. Five dollars a month gets you all the good bonus content. Hell yeah! And until next time, I'm Dan. I'm Gagliardi, and ah. Fell for it right up to the uh, end. You are Charlie B. I am Lucy, the football girl. <laughs> Steven King. King. Under the alcohol with a steamboat. Ancient goblins and wallows. Come at the grand line making a sound. The smell of death is all around. And at night when the cold wind blows No one cares, nobody knows I don't want to be buried In a pet cemetery I don't want to live my life again I don't want to be buried In a pet cemetery To the sacred place This ain't a dream I can't escape Molders and fangs They're picking up bones Spirits moaning Among the tombstones And at night When the moon is bright Someone cries Something ain't right I don't wanna be buried In a pet cemetery Victory.
Don't want to live my life